Howdy, howdy, do who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome aboard. Episode 226. That's the one. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective view, more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes. And it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, howdy do, who fans? Hope you're well. That you've had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who, Doctor who related. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Another quiet week, mate. It's a bit quiet, isn't it? Yes. Quiet. Rattling Very around quiet. the old TARDIS like Susan in the Edge of Destruction, just, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just rattling around. Yeah, not doing much. We've got plenty of merch coming up this week, though. Well, yeah, we have got some good merch this week, yeah. Which is pretty good. Mm. And then on to our review of Closing Time. Closing Time. <laughs> What was that? You know, the song "Closing Time." I didn't get it from that. No, you didn't get it from my amazing did, I, vocals. I, could, then. Couldn't name yeah. that tune in in two. No, I've forgotten the band. It was out back in the nineties, I think. It was a very popular song Closing at the time. time. Yeah. No, I, I probably do know, it, but yeah, they yeah. don't use it in the episode. So. Unfortunately, no. It was by Semisonic. Oh yeah, yeah. Semisonic. I remember them. Yeah. Blimey, that yeah. is a. Well, where the hell did you pick dig that one up from? Wow, my brain. Yeah, is I do big remember and, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah some interesting file. thoughts on closing time, buddy. Hmm. Yeah, so it's not one I've gone back. I've, I've watched because it's a kind of sequel to Lodger, isn't it? And I've watched the Lodger a lot more over the years than Closing Time. So it's quite. It was quite interesting going back to this one, and um, just to see how it sort of fits in with that and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, fairly light on news, good merch. Um, I, I've been up, I haven't been up to anything, but I've got some cool sort of facts to go through in a second. But you've been up to um, 
Uh, you've been on another podcast, haven't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I guested on the Master Whovians podcast uh, last week. And um, to, just it's just me and two other guys, uh, uh, Dan and Pete. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. We, we were just um, randomly waffling on about anything, really. It was a very sort of laid back podcast. And we just talked about how we got into Doctor Who, our first memories of it. Um, we talked a bit about the 50th and Stephen Moffat and all that sort of stuff and conventions and who we'd met. Yeah, it was really good. Really good, actually. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I listened to it just after it went out. It was um, it's a very good listen. Pete said he very wanted good. to to be the new Gary, and I told him he, he couldn't do that unless he grew a, a beard because me and you have both got very cool <laughs> beards. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to have to grow a beard if he wants to do that. Yes, it's, al- <laughs> it's almost mandatory. <laughs> it is, yeah. Almost, yeah. Yeah. But yours, yours used to be more of a stubble, but you've gone full grizzly now. You have been for a while as well, haven't you? Yeah, for a few years yeah. now I've had the old... Grizzle beard. The old grizzle beard, yeah. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Mm. Uh, but so yeah, I, sorry. I was going to say, I was just going to plug um, uh, the Master Evians podcast. So uh, I think yours was the second one they put out, right? Episode two? It was indeed, yeah. They've only just started, yeah. Yeah. So I think at the moment you can... It's going out on YouTube, I think. That's where yeah, I Yeah, they're trying to, anyway. to find a way yeah. to put it on because it's, it's, I remember when you first started your podcast and I was going to do one and we were saying like, how do you get it onto, you have to sort of sign up to like, um, Podbean and things like that, don't you? I can't remember now. It's not as easy as you'd think to get a podcast onto iTunes. You have to sort of go through a process. So they're looking into that, but it's on YouTube at the minute. Yeah. Yes. It's very cool. So if you head over to YouTube and do a search for Mondas Musings or that's the one Master Whovians, you can check that out. It's a cool little show. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're really, really cool guys. And as I said, they've only just uh, got going. And um, yeah, they, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed doing that. Good. It's cool, guys. Uh, I haven't really been up to much else. I, I had a couple of charity shop finds the other day. I don't know if you saw that. I did. So, yeah. so you know, the days of going into a charity shop and getting a book for 25p have gone. There's this, <laughs> charity Almost. shops are yeah. more like um, charity shops are turning into sort of antique shops now because basically they go online and check the price of things and so you don't get stuff cheap really from them anymore so I went into um, uh, went into town and I was actually went to try and get the new um, Dot 2 figurine issue because oh, okay. they, they, yeah. they've done the chief clown mm-hmm. from Grey's show and um, I thought he, it doesn't sound terribly exciting as a figure, but then I saw a picture of him and he looks absolutely brilliant. They've done a really good job on him. So I was like, oh, I'll go and see if they've got that. They didn't have it. Um, so I was like, no. So I just sort of thought, I'll have a bit of a wander around then as I've come all the way into town. So I had a wander around. I went into Oxfam and um, they'd got a couple of Dot 2 books on the shelf. And they do from time to time get Dot 2 books, but they're normally Target books and ones I've got. Mm-hmm. But they had a couple of really... Uh, sought after ones, ones that even I haven't got. And they had um, Power of the Daleks and Damage uh, Damage Goods by Russell T. Davis. Oh, Damage Goods, cool. Yeah. Now I've been after that for absolutely cool. ages and it goes for about, oh, I don't know, 30 quid roughly on eBay and so does Power of the Daleks. So they, you know, I think that's why I've never bought them because I, I don't really want to pay that for a book. Anyway, I opened them. I thought, I couldn't believe they were on the shelf. I was like, oh my gosh, wonder how much they are. I'm almost frightened to look. I opened the page and Damage goods was twenty five quid, and I thought, oh no, I can't. You know, I just mm-hmm. haven't, I just haven't got that money at the minute. And I thought, oh, I'll put that back. How much is power? Power was fifteen. I thought, oh, still a bit too much, but it's you know, again, it's like power on its own. Is I think the cheapest I could find on eBay was thirty five. Right. So oh, 
sort of looking at them for ages. I kept picking them up, putting them back. And the thing was, they were in really good condition as well. They were like, obviously, whoever had donated them had, had had them in his collection and really looked after them. And I was thinking, I kept thinking as well, like, who's given these away? Like, what what Doctor Who fan would ever give these two <laughs> books away? Because, you know, because of what they are sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, long story short, I, I chatted with the... Because the thing is, you're in a charity shop, so you don't want to haggle. Do you know what I mean? Because it's a charity shop. <laughs> so you're like, it's not, yeah, yeah it's awkward. Because I kept thinking, oh, should I ask if they can do a deal if I buy the two? Or should I ask if they can do them cheaper? But yeah, it's a blimmin' charity shop. So I was in there for ages, mate. And I got chatting to the woman and I sort of, I just played it. I was like, oh, I'd like these, but yeah, I don't think I can really afford them. And she's like, oh, let me see if Brian can do them any. Oh, would you? Oh, okay. So she offered. So I was like, okay, she's offered. So she went off and they were like, oh, well, we've looked online, you see, and they are this much. And I was like, oh, I, yeah, I'm not surprised. And she said, but we'll do do you a bit of a deal. So they did knock off um, a bit of money for me. So I, I got both in the end because I thought I'm just going to buy one because I can only really afford one. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said, oh, you want the other one, don't you? I said, yeah, I want them both. She goes, oh, go on, we'll do you a deal. So did me a little deal and uh, got them a bit cheaper. So still paid money that I really haven't got at the minute. But I can't, I, there's no way I could have left that shop <laughs> and and not got them. Do you know what I mean? Like the, I'd never see that. I don't think I'd ever see them again in that condition for that price. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, I had to had to get them. I uh, just need to find time to read them now. That's <laughs> Pete it. on the yeah. Pete on the podcast that I was on was teasing me. He's like, you buy all these books and they just sit on your shelf. I'm like, I know, but I love reading and I love <laughs> books. But yeah, I do have quite a lot. I've got a backlog at the minute. So, so yeah, I was quite chuffed for that. But uh, imagine if I'd opened it and it had been 25p though. I'd have been like, <laughs> can you do this for 20p? <laughs> no. <laughs> can you do this for 15p? No, but you just, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was happy enough anyway. I was sat. I went through a cheeky Weatherspoons pint afterwards, and was just sat there looking at them, thinking, "Oh, I'm really pleased I got these." Yeah, <laughs> just can't afford to eat anything for the rest of the week, but I'm really pleased I got these books. Sometimes that's the sacrifice needed. It's being a Doctor yeah. Who fan is not cheap, is it? Even in charity shops, not at all. It's, it's not no. a cheap thing. Yeah, not yeah. a cheap thing. Thank goodness I'm not a cosplayer. Oh Cause, crikey! Cause yeah. Can you imagine? I'd, I'd have to. I'd be high, well. I'd be like remortgaging the house, I think, because like my mate Reese is a cosplayer. He buys all the screen accurate stuff, and man, the money some yeah. of these things are like he paid. I can't remember how much it was now. Probably shouldn't say in case his mum's listening. But he paid a lot. He showed me this T-shirt that Capaldi wore, and it's just like a white T-shirt. And I was like, oh yeah, it's not a nice T-shirt. And he told me how much he paid for it. And I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was it was in the hundred. It was a couple of few hundred. I think it might be five hundred quid or something. And I was like, "You you paid that for a t-shirt?" And it, I've got to admit, it made me feel a lot better about spending fifteen pound <laughs> on a book. <laughs> I was just say, "Yeah, thank goodness I'm not a cosplayer." Yeah, that can get very pricey. I looked into um a couple of years ago. I wanted to cosplay as um either uh, ten or f- five, ten or five. Oh, no, ten or McCoy. I wanted to. To cosplayers mm. and when i priced up the cost of the tenant costume to get a decent one i'm talking about not like the the, the not so good oh they're okay you know, like the bbc put an official tenant coat out didn't they yeah it was like yeah i don't know 80 quid or something like that but it's not very good um so to get a proper brown suit with the shirt the proper tie and the coat and everything i think it came out as i don't know 800 pounds or something all in all 
I can believe it because the thing is with Tennant is, and I know this from again talking to my cosplay mates, it's the ties. Mm. His tie, yeah. If you want a screen accurate Tennant tie, you can end up paying a fortune just for the tie. And whereas the brown stripey suit, you can probably find one that looks good enough, mm. um, you know, for a decent price. But yeah, you try and find those ties. Nightmare. I've always liked the idea of cosplay. And for me, I'd probably go with McCoy because mm. he's quite an easy one for me to do. You know, I've got the jumper, white shirt, gray trousers. He's, you know what I mean? He's got, and I've got the brolly as well. Question mark brolly. Still one of my favorite things, actually. I, I love that brolly. Um, so yeah, I'd probably do a seventh cosplay. For me, it's just that I don't, I don't know. Whenever I go out, I just, I don't know. I've just never really, I've never really had the guts to do the full cosplay thing, really. You know, yeah, I'd love I to like to, I'm quite a yeah. casual guy anyway. I mean, I, look, I always look like I've just sort of got up and <laughs> got dressed into, I, I'm, I'm just quite a casual, a casual dresser, but yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Maybe one day I'll do the cosplay. Yeah, me too. I think for me though, it's, um, yeah, I'm just one of these people, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it properly, but that means like a lot of expense. So I think the, um, I've just gone onto their website, actually, the company that I looked at a couple of years back, they're called Magnoli Clothiers. Yes, I know them, yeah. You know, then they're over in the US. So I got my um, pricings a little bit wrong here, actually. So the suit on its own, the brown suit, is $575. Ooh. And then the coat, the brown coat, is $695. And then the shirt is $135. The tie is 60 bucks. So I think when you add it all up and you convert it to pounds, it's probably more a grand you're looking at. Oh, easily, yeah. Yeah, so... And see, the other thing, and this, I, I swear this is true, it's going to sound ridiculous, but the other reason I don't, like, you know, if we go to conventions and stuff, the other reason I don't cosplay is because I'm so fussy and OCD. <laughs> I know, and you'll back me up on this because it happened last time we were at the uh, LFCC. I know that I'll spill something down my top. I just know <laughs> that every time we go out, if it's not a pint of beer or ketchup from a hot dog, or something, and I, it will just absolutely bug me for the re- you know I, I'll never get the stain out, and I just mm-hmm. I know it's a really silly reason, but you know what I'm like. Like when we went to the CCR, we hadn't been in that pub for two minutes, had we? And I'd spilled ketchup down my t-shirt, and thank goodness <laughs> I'd brought a spare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just so that's the thing. I've got I've just got visions of me like you know doing the full Seventh Doctor cosplay, dressed into the night. Yes, you know, looking really cool. And then going down the pub and spilling ketchup all down that lovely question mark top, because that's exactly what I'd do. So that's the other reason I don't cosplay. <laughs> and that is true. Yeah, it's a genuine... <laughs> even, though, uh, even though it probably yeah. sounds ridiculous, it's true, because I'm uh, just so blimmin' clumsy. Yes. Yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah. Uh, I've been up to much. The only thing I did, I, no. I was in a bit of a Davison mood the other day, so I did watch um, Caves of Androzani. I haven't seen that one in a while. Oh, no, nor have I, actually, yeah. That was good catching up with that. Um, a couple of articles that are really cool went out on the website the last couple mm-hmm. of days. So go and check yes. those out. Um, the first one by Maria was a really good article about David Tennant. Um, how much uh, how much of a cool guy. It's not just about Doctor Who, but just David Tennant in general. That's a really good read. And our other writer, Mark, put out a really cool article about um, the Leisure Hive. Yes. Um, so go and check those two out. They're on the um, on the homepage of the website. Very, very cool. I've noticed a lot of people giving Leisure Hive uh, some love recently. Since the season 18 came out, I think a lot of people have reevaluated it. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping I'm one of them. I haven't, I've watched the extras on it. I haven't actually gone back and watched the story yet. Uh, it's not one of my favourites, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to actually watching that series from the start all the way through in order, um, which is what I'm planning to do soon, actually. Now I've watched all the extras. 
because um, I've seen them all so many times, I thought I'll start with the new stuff. I'll start with the new extras and then go back and watch the episodes. And probably sounds like the, the wrong way around of doing it. But yeah, I'm hoping that when, next time I watch Leisure, um, Leisure Hive that I sort of find it better than I remember, if you like. Because yeah. a few people seem to have done that. Yeah, it seems to be a thing. Well, that's just the the awesomeness of those box sets. If it gets you mm-hmm. back into watching those things again and reevaluating, it's really good. Mm. Yeah. I haven't um I've been slightly putting off watching Macro Terror again because obviously I saw it at the BFI, but I know that it's it's we're gonna review it fairly soon. And uh, so I'm sort of thinking, right, I'll I'll watch that again when we get to do the review. Um so I haven't watched any of the extras on that either because I know they've got the new little um ten minute animation of Wheel in Space, haven't they, on there? That's which right. apparently it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but yeah, so I've got all those extras as well that I still haven't watch yet so that's uh something i should do in the next couple of weeks i think uh yes i still need to watch it mate yeah well that's what i'm thinking i thought well i know we're gonna i know we're gonna review it so i'm thinking well i'll hold off because obviously i've watched it once at the bfi but i'll hold off until the week we do it and then um yeah it's gonna be really interesting actually to see to find you know your thoughts on that one Mm. but that's in the future (laughs) in the future yeah yeah uh yeah and some quick stats for you this is another coincidence. We seem to have a lot of these, but another coincidence mm. for you. We're recording this on Wednesday, the 3rd of April. And this time, nine years ago, on the 3rd of April 2010, Matt Smith's very first story was broadcast, the 11th hour. Oh, really? This day, nine years ago. Wow. Yep. If you were sitting on the sofa at 20 past six on a Saturday, you would have had an awesome evening. I, I went to um, a screening. I went to, um, I can't remember who organized it. I don't know if it was Dwas. I don't think it was actually. Yeah, no, it might have been Dwas. Anyway, I went to like, um, they did a screening in a pub of it where they put it on a big screen uh, in the city um, in London. And because um, the city is always dead at the weekends in London, it's always really quiet. And uh, yeah, so it's a really cool pub. And I just remember that we were all there waiting for it to start and the sound was really low. <laughs> and then the new theme kicked in. Everyone was going crazy, but no one could hear it. It's like really low. And they were, everyone's like, turn it up, turn it up. It's like mass hysteria. Of, oh my God, we've come all this way to watch it on the big screen and no one can hear it. It went crackers. Um, but that was that was really cool. I remember that was a great day, actually. And um, here's a chat from Brain and Morbius. I've forgotten his name. He was there as well. Um, doing Maddock. a little sign. Philip Maddock, yeah. yeah. And uh, I asked him what he thought of it. And he said it was very good, but too quick. But too he, quick, did, he said the pacing was too quick, but he really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he yeah. was he was awesome. Actually, he had a little Morbius creature figure in his pocket as well, which I liked. Yeah, nice guy. But that was a, yeah, that's where I was. I was in. I can't remember the name of the pub, but uh, <laughs> typical for me to be in a pub watching the Doctor Who. But that's where I was. Sound like you? Yeah, yeah. I remember absolutely loving it as well. I remember just the the, the style had changed quite a lot uh, I, I thought i remember just thinking it looked you know like Stephen put his stamp on it didn't he yes right from the world go i think in terms of the look the redesign of the tardis matt's doctor i instantly took to um i i do genuinely mean that as well i really liked him mm-hmm. straight from that that first episode um i thought it was wonderful actually and uh yeah so it was a good a good start to see you know to matt's era i think yes. 11th hour. Yeah. yeah and this was just on the I suppose the eve of me getting into Doctor Who, I think. Because, well, I was thinking that, yeah. yeah. I think it was a two or three weeks after this that I watched my first. Was mo- it Beast Below your first one? Yeah, I still, I still can't remember what the first one was. I know it was 
I think it was it's somewhere between three and five episodes into series five. Mm-hmm. I um I jumped on board, but yeah, eleventh hour, good story. It is a good one, yeah. yeah, yeah. I still enjoy that as well. When I go back to it, I still enjoy watching that. And also, um, we're a day late on this one, um, but yesterday, second of April, uh, season fourteen came to a close with the final episode of Talons. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, half oh. past six. Half past six, second of April, Talons of Wang Chiang wrapped up, closing out season fourteen. Well, I wasn't in a pub for that one. I don't think I was even born, actually. What year is Talons? Do you know? 1977. Oh, I was born just. but I, <laughs> I wasn't, yeah. no. No, no, I was too young to be in a pub, though. <laughs> Maybe. Unless my parents took me there in a, in a pram, which wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's uh, interesting as well that um, both of those stories went out roughly half past six. If you mm. fast forward to nowadays, it's all over the bloody place. Oh, yeah. Was it Series 9 that used to just be on at any <laughs> random time? It's like it's half past nine one night and half six the next. It's all yeah, over, it's all the, over place, the place. Yeah. Actually, that might be a slight exaggeration, but it, it was, yeah, it was all like kicked around like a football, wasn't it? Yes, no yeah. consistency. No. Yeah. So there we go. That's what's been happening in the world of Doctor Who and with us. Shall we land the TARDIS and do a wee bit of news? Hmm. <laughs> So the first and only bit of news uh, for this week, and it's a pretty good one, that Doctor Who has been nominated for a BAFTA. Mm, very prestigious. Which is always good in the category of must-see moment in 2018. Mm. And this is from the episode Rosa, and it's the part where uh, Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on the bus in Alabama. And uh, the... I remember this getting a lot of praise, didn't it, when this first went out? Yes. This episode, yeah. Rosa. It was, it was, in my opinion, one of the better ones from series... 11. 11, sorry. Yep. And uh, I remember getting a lot of praise, and rightly so. I mean, it's for for a must-see moment. It was very, very... It had been, at this point in the episode, it had been built up and up and up, hadn't it? And it was very tense mm. and emotional and stuff, so... It was very cool. So it's, um, yeah, it's up for that award and it goes up against um, uh, an assassination scene in the program, The Bodyguard. Uh, it goes also, uh, it goes up against uh, a monologue of uh, Gail from Coronation Street about the suicide of Aidan Connor. Um, and also um, Killing Eve. Ah, love Killing where Eve. Eve stabs uh, Villanelli. I hope I'm saying that right. And also the finale of Peter Kay's car share. Oh, it's quite, yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's quite a different, everything's different in there. It's mm. quite a, a bit of variety mm, in good there. Good selection, yeah, good yes. variety, yeah. Uh, so the awards ceremony is on the 1st of May. And um, it's the only, it's the only award out of all of the other awards that is being voted by the public. Ah. Which is good. So if you want to vote for this, if you want to get your votes in for this bit in Rosa, uh, you need to head over to the Virgin because it's sponsored by Virgin Media. You need to go over to uh, 
at the Virgin Media website and cast your vote. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. But if you go to keepup.virgin.com slash BAFTA, you should be able to find it on there somewhere. And they've got various sections as you go through the website. And then about halfway down, you will see their Doctor Who on a big vote now button. Mm. So you know what you need to do. It was a good moment that I, I, I do remember, you know, thinking that was a strong moment and it's mm. a, it's a good episode. I, li- I like Rosa. Um, I think the only bad thing I can think about it was that a lot of people picked up that the villain was a bit meh in that, but it was a good, it was a good story. And that, that was a particular standout moment, I think. Oh yeah. The, the, the time traveling. Yeah. To be honest, person. they really kind yeah. didn't even really need him in it actually. But, um, Yes, and I, people were talking about it. I remember being on the car in the car the next day, and just on the radio, some random woman just saying, "Oh, did you watch Doctor Who last night? It was, it was brilliant." And hmm. I thought, "This is yeah, you know, I haven't heard anyone talk about Doctor Who on the radio for a while, just genuinely because they enjoyed it." Do you know what I mean? It was quite a nice moment. It felt like it was a bit sort of back in the public eye a bit more again. So, yes, good moment to pick. I hope it does well. I do love Killing Eve as well. That I'm a bit torn there, but. Obviously, my loyalties lie with Doctor Who. Yes, I was about to say, your <laughs> yeah. vote needs to go to well, a yes, certain well, time travel. I wouldn't even question it, but uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> certainly wouldn't consider giving it to Coronation Street, that's for sure. Oh, oh absolutely, mate. Yeah, definitely not. No. So get your votes in. Let's get behind this. Let's get Doctor Who. Uh, let's bag another award because we've already bagged a couple this year so far, haven't we? We've covered a couple of them. Some sort of smaller ceremonies. I think Russell T. Mm. Davis was there with the writer oh, of Rosa yeah. for something else, and there was another one. So let's keep the train going. Mm, absolutely. Only bit of news. Um, so let's crack on with our metal friend who's been a bit quiet of late. Yes. I, I don't know what's wrong with him. I think the, I think the same thing for all of us, really. There's no new substantial stuff to get our teeth into for any upcoming Doctor Who. It's a bit quiet out there. So mm. anyway... Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Big finish. Yay. Just redecorated their website, haven't they? They have, yeah. It looks very nice. Mm, it does look nice, yeah. Very nice indeed. Uh, yes, they are bringing the... Um, uh, they're going to wrap up the latest series of the Eighth Doctor Adventures. Um, at some point later in the year, October, uh, with the Ravenous 4 box set. Mm. And uh, what caught my eye for this one, because we don't cover every single Big Finish release, so it's, you know, there's loads of them, uh, but what caught my eye for this one was the, the multiple masters mm. thing that they're going to end with, which sounds very cool. And uh, it's kind of, by the sound of it, the description, it's all going to come to a big battle this big uh, epic battle with uh, the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann, and his companions facing off against several um, incarnations of the Master. Mm. So I'm going to read a bit of blurb here for you. So Michelle Gomez, Derek Jacobi, Jeffrey Beavers, and Eric Roberts uh, all return to the role of the Master slash Missy for the finale of the collected Eighth Doctor range Ravenous. Uh, which sounds really good. Paul McGann and Eric Roberts obviously faced off in the Doctor Who movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that, you know, where Michelle Gomez, Missy and the Master came in for Derek Jacobi, those sort of incarnations. But uh, to give it a bit of blurb on the story itself, so Day of the Master 
this is from the um, the writer, by the way, John Dorney. He says, Day of the Master was possibly the most exciting yet terrifying brief I've ever had. Finishing off the ravenous arc was a big enough responsibility of its own, uh, but throw in wanting to give uh, great material to Sir Jarek Jacobi, Michelle Gomez, and that's before we even got to the heart-stoppingly fantastic prospect of bringing Eric Roberts' master back, mm. face-to-face with the Doctor again for the first time in over 20 years. Uh, well, you can see why it might be intimidating, but honestly, it was one of the best times I've ever had writing a Doctor Who story. I really hope the audience enjoy it as much as I did. Oh, that's cool. Now, I think that I need to jump on the Ravenous train because I haven't heard the previous ones yet. Ah, right, okay. In preparation for this, because we've said many times over the years that Paul McGann is brilliant, as they all are with Big Finish. Mm. But Mm. he's had some particularly good... I would say he's like the master of the box set for Big Finish. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Because the other Doctors, they seem to... I mean, back in the day... I think he was part of the main range, wasn't he? So they did used to churn out uh, sort of... Oh, his yeah, yeah. his ones with Lucy Miller were brilliant. Very yeah. good, yeah. yeah. But some of his box sets that have been out over the years seem to have just done extremely well. So mm. the Dark Eyes box set as an example. And, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what's the other one? Um, Doom Coalition. Doom Coalition, yeah. So And now, yeah. this, now the Ravenous story. So Paul McGann's really good at these... Um, they should get Peter, they should get um, Stephen Moffat on these, you know. <laughs> yeah, because he he loves his sort of long story arcs, doesn't he? Um, he does. Yeah. Paul McGann seems very well suited to these big arcs of big finish. So anyway, Ravenous Four. It's out in October. You can get it for the usual prices. Um, uh, so uh, Ravenous Three, incidentally, is out in April, um, and that's up for pre-order now. Both of them, anyway, you can get them for twenty-three pounds on CD or twenty pounds on download which is quite good. And one thing I must mention, because one of our uh, followers sent me something on Twitter the other day, I can't remember who it was, um, just to let you know, if you're not in the UK, Big Finish have changed the price of their international orders mm. a little bit. Um, I think it's something to do with a lot of people set up false accounts in other countries, uh, sorry, in the UK, so they can get the... Because what happens is normally if they if Big Finish goes out for 14 99 in terms of dollars, it's the same in pounds. So what they do is they set up a, a, a overseas account and then the exchange rate makes it cheaper, obviously. So if that makes sense. Mm. So, um, it's what, now cheeky. Yeah, very cheeky. So they're going to change it slightly. So just be aware, if you're ordering from outside the UK, the prices are going to fluctuate just a little bit. I think it's from this month. I could be wrong, but I think so. Mm. But just something to bear in mind. Anyway, it's not going to change by a lot, put it that way. Mm. Um, so are you up for this mate because you Absolutely. haven't listened to the other Ravenous or have you no I've got them uh, yeah, oh, got so them? I'm, yeah yeah. I only recently finished off Doom Coalition actually which was good it, it was a bit of a mixed bag but it was, overall it was good um, so yeah I've got Ravenous 1 and 2 and uh, obviously I've got pre, pre-order Ravenous 3 I'll definitely get the 4th to, to bring it full circle um, I'm really chuffed that they've got Eric Roberts back as well I just wish he was more prominent on the cover I, I'm really surprised that because it's quite a big thing, I think, to get mm. eight and, and his master back. So I'm quite surprised that he's just tucked in the corner there, um, looking all sad. But yeah, I, I'm definitely going to get this. Um, I noticed Eric Roberts has been doing a couple of UK cons as well. Indeed. So yeah. maybe he's getting more into that, which would be cool, because um, my friend Callum met him uh, literally a couple of weeks ago. 
And he just said he was brilliant. He said he was so friendly and he got a colour pictures with him and he was just, he looked like he was having a blast, mate. Cool, He's literally cool. like really smiley doing all the pointing and yeah, you know, he just looked really into it. So <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. He's, he's doing a big finish. Um, I hope we get some more. Well, eight and eight and Eric Roberts or even Eric Roberts with different doctors if they, no, I don't suppose they can, but I don't know. I don't know. Big finish seems to be able to do anything, don't they? So <laughs> so yeah <laughs> it should be good uh, yeah it should be good so yeah i'll definitely get this definitely maybe he's ramping up for his return as the master in series 12 yeah possibly possibly <laughs> uh yeah so that's that mate with big finish i was thinking sorry just to you saying that i was thinking the other day i would love to see um the 30th doctor go up against missy because I was okay, thinking Missy right. would absolutely Missy would destroy her, wouldn't she? Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I was, it's like we were getting into that old debate about you know her not being strong enough as the Doctor, and I was thinking if there's anybody that's going to really make her up her game, I think it'd be putting the Thirteenth against Michelle Gomez. I think she, they'd have to. She'd have to really step up against um, Missy, wouldn't she? Because otherwise, Missy would tear the Thirteenth Doctor apart. Yes. Well, let's be the way honest, she's yeah. the way she's playing at the minute. Can you imagine? The thirty because the thirty doctor plays. She gets very scared by everything, doesn't she? She seems really worried about. It. She doesn't walk into a room and take charge. She always seems to be. Like, oh God, I'm really sorry. I've got to get that. I'm thinking you put her up against Missy. She's going to have to. She's going to have to bring it. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. If we so, um, I'd quite like to see that. We're being honest. I'm not saying that um, Jodie's doctor wasn't challenged too much, but let's face it, we had no big classic monsters really, apart from that one Dalek story. Mm. Um, no master incarnations, no, you know, none of that stuff. So that would be good. Yeah, for I sure. think it would be awesome. Yeah, I hope they do. I'd love to see that. I don't know. We probably won't see it in series twelve, but it'd be cool if we did. Mm. Just a thought. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on to other merch news. This is kind of cool and something I didn't didn't know really that we never got a Doctor Who annual in the year nineteen seventy two. Um, so apparently we'll where were you why didn't you notice that I didn't, don't know actually I wasn't born slim in heck I'm not that old <laughs> uh, and so I didn't I mean I used to sort of go but I've, I've gone back and collected some of the annuals you know that were released before I was born and because um, I love the artwork and stuff in these beautiful but yeah. world, world, world distributors distributors that published them from 1965 to 1985 for some reason we don't know why they didn't bring one out in 1971 which would have been the 1972 annual, obviously. Mm. Um, so Mark Wogan, who's like a lifelong fan of the series and the annuals, he's decided to do something about this. So he's kind of put together, um, he got in touch with some of the people that were involved, because this would have been the Pertwee era. It would have been, um, I think it was Pertwee's second series, was it? Just I think so, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, it was a, Pertwee would have just have finished his second series uh, if the annual would have gone out. So he's taken that into account. So it'll be like a third Doctor annual. And he's got um, people like Katie Manning, uh, John Levine, Richard Franklin to all contribute to this. He's also got some great artists as well. So um, Mike Tucker's come in and written a, a, a story, I think. Um, Alistair Pearson, the artist, has done some of the artwork. So he's got, you know, a lot of people that were really involved in the annuals anyway, or, you know, from that era and stuff. And um, and put together, an, you know, what could be the 1972 annual. Um, I think, from, if I understand this right, it's kind of a non-profit making thing. Or if it is, it's kind of a very limited profit making thing. I think most of the cost is going towards getting these printed, right? So yeah, it's yeah. on it's a print-on-demand thing. So basically you buy one 
and then they print one up for you. And it's uh, quite a bumper edition. I think it's 184 pages. So, Crikey. you know, an, yeah. an annual back then would have been about 80 pages. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, over twice the size of what an annual would have been. So it's quite a bumper thing. And it does look really cool. We got some pictures from it and stuff. And as I said, good contributors to it. Um, the price-wise, okay, a little pricey, but I think it's a nice collector's piece. But if you want one printed, it's nine. Uh, sorry, it's um, thirty-nine pounds twenty plus shipping costs. Yeah, plus VAT. Plus VAT. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess this comes down to you know how much of a classic Who fan, and if you're a collector of the annuals and and whatnot mm. um but i mean for for me personally i don't see that this is an expensive piece because it's such a big thick edition mm. and it is it, it will it won't be around forever will it it will be one of those you know they just won't do it at some point it will just stop um i think it's a really nice thing yes yeah, it's, it's definitely a collector's piece and as i said i'm looking at the some of the the cover and that for it and it does look really nice because initially when i saw the price i was like oh bit bit pricey but then i was thinking yeah they're just basically covering the printing costs and i don't know whatever else they have to pay to get it produced um so yeah i don't know i think overall it it would be something i'd like yeah yeah it's quite a nice thing yeah so with the tax and the shipping and so on i think it takes it up to about 50 pounds oh well okay yeah so i think it's like 47 pounds with the vat and then whatever the shipping is going to be so it like you said it's definitely not cheap it's not one of those you know, because I think the annuals at the moment, especially the newer ones, it's been out over the last 10 years, especially, you can get them for like two pounds in WH Smith. I can't, yeah, even, you know. Yeah. However, this is a very unique uh, kind of one. I think there was um, a mention in the blurb somewhere that, you know, there, there are some other manuals that are missing, like in the late 80s. Uh, oh, right. That they could possibly look at if this is successful. I'm not sure. But, it's definitely one to look at as a one-off piece and a one-off collector's uh, item, as you said. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely a collector's item. Yeah, I've just seen that, but actually, yeah. So it says, um, but what of the years 1987 to 89, for which, once again, no official annuals were forthcoming? <gasps> no, they were. So that's the McCoy era. Yeah, so no, ah, that is, you know, that's never really sort of dawned on me. Because I've got, as I said, quite a few of the annuals. No McCoy annual. Really? I'd yes. love a McCoy annual. I'm sure I've got like a yearbook with the Remembrance Dalek on or something like that. I'm sure I have. Well, here's the thing. This seems to be getting some traction because uh, they're after contributors and proofreaders as well as an admin for the Facebook page um, for the 1987 missing annual. Ah, right. Cool. Mm. So that could be cool. Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, the 1972 annual is out now. I'll put a link in the show notes to it. If I would say for people who collect the annuals, this is a must. Yeah, and have have a look at the actual thing. Uh, Gary put a link. Have a look at the actual product. You know, I know it sounds a bit pricey, but just have a look at it because when there's loads of blurb about it, which you know take for ages to read. But go and, yeah, go and have a look at the link because it's um, it looks pretty good actually. Yes, no, it yeah. does. Yes. Uh, right, moving on. Robert Harrop. Hey, what are they up to? Uh, they've released their second uh, Doctor. Uh, figurine in the black and white slash monochrome edition. Yes. Which looks very nice. Very limited. Only a hundred pieces. Only a hundred. Yeah. So the, did you catch the, the normal statue of the second doctor, the color version? Yeah, I've got the color version. Yeah. Looks very nice. 
Yep. He does, actually. I know a lot of people, he, he comes in for a lot of criticism about the face. I mean, we've said that about the the Doctor figures. It's very hard for him to facially get them right. But out of all of them, I think the second Doctor is the best one that they've done in terms of the Doctors. Um, yeah, I, I really like him. And I tell you, I honestly say this hand on heart. He, the figure, when you have it in hand, looks so much better. He's some, it just doesn't seem to photograph well. And believe me, I know when I was trying to take pictures of it when I got mine, I must have taken, I don't know how many photos of it trying to get him to look good. Because I was thinking people are just, because you know how harsh people are on social media. As soon as you post anything, you get, oh, who's that? Is it, is it Parker from Thunderbirds? <laughs> is it Noel Gallagher? <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, he, but he really looks good in hand. But, yeah, um, but I haven't got any of the monochrome ones, and uh, they've—I think they've done a couple of these. I'm not sure. They but, have um, already. Yes, it's a nice yeah. idea, isn't it? I quite like it, but I don't know. I, as I've got the colour one, I probably won't hmm. get him as well. How much is he? Do you know? Uh, I think he's sixty pounds or sixty-five pounds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not too bad. I'm going to save my money for the next one they've got coming out. Um, Omega, who looks absolutely amazing. Omega and Morbius. And Morbius. Yeah, I'm going to save my money for them because I've already got Pat. So. Yeah. So as Adam said, very limited this one, only a hundred pieces. So head over to Robert Harrop website, robertharrop.com and uh, bag this if this is your cup of tea. It looks very good. Mm, cool. Uh, right. Coming out on the 4th of May, it's comic book day. This seems to come around really quickly. Comic book day again. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I, sorry, I've missed a word out there. The best word of all as well. Free, <laughs> free comic book day 2019 is on the Saturday, the 4th of May. And there is going to be an exclusive Forbidden Planet Doctor Who cover for one of them, uh, which, of course, has got our new Doctor on it, the 13th Doctor. Quite a nice cover, actually. It's quite simple, isn't it? It's just a Doctor with the TARDIS kind of floating around in the background there. But, yeah, it's nice to get... Um... Actually, is this the finished thing? I remember last year they, they did a... They did a cheeky thing of putting a cover up, and then they, when they unveiled the actual thing, I think it had the other Doctors on it. But anyway, either way, they're going to get an exclusive Doctor Who uh, comic at Forbidden Planet for that day. So nice if you can get up there and get one, I should think. Very cool, mate. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, free comic day. It's on May the 4th. May the 4th, that's it. Did I, did I what did I say? No, I say something said, different. Oh, right. Just reconfirming, yeah, May the 4th. Yeah, May the 4th, big with you, yeah. Yeah, so what they do is they give you like a little goodie bag, essentially, which has got a bunch of free comics in it and and stuff. It's very cool. So I think this year, they, the information they've put on the Forbidden Planet website says um, you can rediscover, you can discover or rediscover characters from Stranger Things, oh. The Avengers, Spider-Man, Robotech, and more. So yeah, I quite like the cover for this, mate. It looks um, it's got a nice kind of style to it. Yeah, I, I think it's all right actually. And it actually looks like Jody because some of them like they sort of take artistic liberties, don't they? I, I think some of the covers they did for issue one, they did about I think they did thirteen variants, didn't they? And um, some of them look really good. And then there were some I was thinking, is that that doesn't look anything like Jody? But this mm. one does. I can actually yeah, there's a good resemblance to her. Yeah. <laughs> so the cover artist was Jessica Martin. Oh, cool. oh yeah. what, as in Jessica Martin from Great Show in the Galaxy? <gasps> I bet it is. Now that now if yeah. that's if it is her, that that does make me more much, yeah, I'd like definitely like to get it if it's her. Yeah, because she had a stall at um yeah. Comic Con last year, didn't she? And she showed oh. some of her some who uh she showed some of her who artwork, which was really nice. 
Oh, do you know? I hadn't noticed that. I'm glad you um, I'm glad you pointed that out because I hadn't even noticed it was her. That's very cool. Then I definitely need to get one now. Yeah, I'm not saying it is her, but well. I, I think, <laughs> uh, well, it's definitely a, a, a massive coincidence if not. But, but yeah, she, I know she does a lot of comic artwork, so I think it is. Yeah. It's too much of a coincidence. It must be. I know it is. It's definitely. I'm on her Instagram page now. It definitely is. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and this is her first ever color cover for Titan Comics. That's so, cool. Who, that's what awesome. was the character? Is it Max? No. Yeah, it was Max from Great Show. Max, yeah, 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 Great Show. Oh, how cool. Yeah, nice one. And I imagine, well, I'm hoping she'll have another stall at this year's Comic Con so we can, yeah, go and get a signed one maybe. Yeah, that'd be good. Mm. So, free comic book day, Saturday the 4th of May. Get to your whatever local Forbidden Planet is. Mm. Uh, right, that's got to do for merch. Review time, bud. Yes, indeed. What have we got? So, 11th Doctor story. Uh, Craig's back. It's, uh, I was going to say the 11th hour. It's closing time. One last trip, eh? Hello, Craig. I'm back. Doctor, what are you doing here? Social call. It was about time I tried one out. I'm the doctor. I work in a shop now. You've noticed something and you're investigating it. And because it's you, it's going to be dangerous and alien. My time is running out. And this is where it begins. Tick-tock and all too soon. Your love will surely die. What is that? Help me! No! Doctor! Craig! Delete! 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 Dun 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 I love that piece of music. I know it's overplayed I in Matt Smith's era, but I bloody love it. Yeah. <laughs> tell you what else I was listening to yesterday was from Series 3. Do you remember This Is Gallifrey? Oh, that's a great piece of music. I'm sad, though. Why? Because that's the music that they played when you went to the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff. You know, when you sat oh, down and watched yeah. the opening thing and it explains the little interactive story bit you're yeah. about to go on. Oh, man. Oh. Oh, bud. They told us it was coming back and they did, it hasn't yet. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, because when we went to see the Doctor Who Prom or whatever it's called, they, they did a great montage of all the Doctors to that music, didn't they? They did. It was amazing. Such a great yeah. piece of music. Yeah. Someone asked it. I was doing a live stream on uh, Instagram uh, a couple of nights back. A bit drunk. I'd come in from the pub and I, someone said, "Oh, can you play? This is Gallifrey." Because I, I actually played the bit of music they just played. That we just played. Dun, 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 dun. I played that on the piano, a bit drunk. And then, yeah, someone someone requested, "Yeah, now play this is Gallifrey." And they went, uh, oh, "I don't know that one. <laughs> I must learn it. It's such a good piece of music." Also, Murray Gold, pull your blimmin' finger out. Uh, the BBC have um, said that uh, it's him that's holding up the. Of the course, series 10 yeah. soundtrack because he's still picking which songs to put on it and so it, it, the good news is it looks like we are actually going to get to the series 10 soundtrack but it's it's we're waiting for murray to deliver it apparently the bbc are rather he's a busy so, man Paul, you, well i know yeah. he is yeah i assume so unless he's just like doctor who was his retirement fund i don't know but yeah, yeah i'm sure he's very busy yeah he, i just yeah uh, i yeah i'm not gonna say anymore <laughs> <laughs> he just wasn't very nice when I met him in Australia but anyway well he was alright he was alright he's a bit, bit miserable yeah 
Anyway, uh, pull anyways. your finger out, Murray. Pull your finger out, mate. Yeah. Anyway, a sad Doctor Who experience. Sad times. Anyway, closing uh, time. Uh, oh, yeah, was, closing time. It was first broadcast back in September of 2011. It was 45 minutes long, part of Series 6, obviously, written by Gareth Roberts. It's real. Written by Gareth Roberts. Um, and Stephen Moffat is Got credited. Little fingers in the pie. Yeah, he's credited as the final scene. Yeah. Uncredited, te- if that makes sense. So, you can tell a mile off, can't you? Of course, yeah. So you won't see his name on the closing credits, but he is uncredited as the writer of that bit. He uh, was hovering behind <laughs> Gareth Roberts all the time he's writing the script. Oh, yeah. I found this little bit in. Yeah. With his glass of red wine and... <laughs> like yeah. a shadow over Gareth's back. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was directed by Steve Hughes. Mm. And the uh, kind of story for this one is Craig... He's having a little bit of trouble uh, with his with being a dad in this one. Mm. Uh, he's kind of um, he, his wife kind of runs the house and the being a you know I think that's the, the the point they're trying to make that he's over the moon to be a dad, but he kind of relies on his wife to do most of the stuff. And um, so the last thing that he needs is the doctor turning up and throwing because he's babysitting for the weekend. He's sent his wife away to get some rest. The doctor turns up. And uh, it looks like the um, uh, the there's a trouble afoot, and uh, so it's down to the Doctor and Craig uh, to deal with some pesky cybernetic people mm. that turn up in a shopping centre or underneath a shopping centre, should I say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, closing time. Mm. What you got? So, um, right, I must admit, in my head, before I before I rewatched this the other night, I remember this not being very good. I, I, for me, in my memory, it was a bit of a, a filler story that went nowhere, and you know, so I, I wasn't particularly excited about rewatching this one. I'll be honest with you, um, but actually, to my surprise, it's actually a really fun little episode. This, uh, I think, maybe because you know, when I watched it back in the day, it's got all the build up to the doctor being shot and all that and it comes just before the final and i think it just felt a bit anticlimactic to me back when it aired if you know what i mean it just didn't seem to fit with all the other stuff but uh just watching it as a little standalone episode it's it's a fun episode it doesn't take itself too seriously um i wouldn't say it's great i mean i when it finished you know the cybermen just seem a bit pointless in it they're kind of just there to they're a bit villain of the week if you like monster of the week um but it as a, as a sort of story, I just think it's a bit of a fun watch. It almost reminds me of a, I almost feel like it could have been a Christmas special. Do you know what I mean? Cause the right. tone is, the tone is very lighthearted pretty much all the way through. Like you sort of sometimes got with the Christmas specials, they have a different tone. You know, the, this one doesn't sort of have a comedic moment, then serious comedic, like a lot of stories. It mm-hmm. seems to have the same comedic tone pretty much all the way through with the sort of banter between the doctor and Craig. Um, so for me, they really hold the story together. Um, I like the Cyberman that we get because I love the Cyberman. So I thought it was great that they come back. I don't know. It's it's by it's not great. I mean, as I said, it's, it's not the Cybermen are completely wasted, really. And I'll come on to how much I hate the new series Cybermen later. But but as a just a sort of forty five minute bit of entertainment, I think um, the Doctor and Craig are really good in it. The script is sparkling mm-hmm. with humour. I mean, it's a really funny, well, it's a really fun script from Gareth Roberts. Um, so, yeah, it's okay. 
I, I as I said, I, I can't say it's great, I, but I certainly did enjoy watching it. Yeah. So it's a sort of a, it's if you want to just, you know, watch, switch your mind off for 45 minutes and watch a bit of entertainment sort of episode. It's not going to be one that I reach for and say, oh, this is brilliant. You've got us. It's not a must see. It's not a utopia or, or anything like that, but it's a, yeah, it's a fun 45 minutes, I think overall. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Yes. I think that I, I still think that this episode is a bit filler. It does feel filler. It's yeah, definitely I, a, I do agree with you, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a filler episode to me. And one thing that I'd forgotten from the episode is just how how nice the script is. And I use the word nice as in to describe just the the lovely friendship between the Doctor and Craig. Mm. Although they, it doesn't seem like that first, Craig comes across as a bit, you know, I can't be doing with this now. You know, I've got more yeah. important things to be caring about i can't be going off on an adventure with you right now but then as the story develops they and it's really touching at the end when the doctor tidies up all of his house and gets it all fixed up i loved that bit and he said well you you haven't got long left you know you took some hours out to do this for me and he's like yeah we're mates now you know yeah so the script is really lovely and it's a really nice script um and when you when you watch stories like this that does provide some justification, I think, for series 11, in which they made the decision to not bring back some of the big classic monsters, the Cybermen being one of them, because mm. it's very clear when you watch stories like this that they're kind of struggling with what to do with the Cybermen because yeah. they're not in it very much at all. In fact, the Cybermat is in it more than the actual Cybermen. Mm. And of course, some of that is by design. However, when you're going to bring back a big, you know, important monster like this, you do need to give them some substance, which lacks a lot in this story. Essentially, they're just there to provide a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a, a turning point for Craig, if you like, because he's doubting himself throughout the the whole episode for two reasons, really. One, mm. because his own self-doubt about being a dad, but the Doctor's constantly, because the Doctor does his thing like, I can speak baby, and he keeps saying things like, uh, you're you're not mum or something like that, and mm. and all that stuff. So it's kind of like an initiation period almost for Craig to go through for his own baby to his own child to accept that, yeah, you're my dad and I feel safe with you and all that stuff. So it, that the Cybermen are there just to provide that little bit of Craig's belief coming through. Yeah. You know, and, and that's it really. It's not for their benefit at all. You could tell a mile off that, you know, nothing was ever going to happen with those, with the Cybermen. It was just a, a mechanism for Craig really. So you can see why in series 11, they didn't want to just bring back Cybermen and, weeping angels and Daleks and stuff all the time because unless you've got an absolutely cracking script and a great story there's just not a lot really you can do with them now I mean don't get me wrong I'm pretty sure there's lots of talented writers out there who have got amazing ideas for them but at this point in Doctor Who it just felt a little bit like uh, you've seen these before now it's getting a bit boring (laughs) Um, yeah if you get what I'm saying yeah, no, I do. I mean, that, that that's the thing. And this is where I'm really conflicted with this one is because the actual storyline itself isn't particularly great, mm. but 
it the script is really good. If if that makes sense in terms of the dialogue. So it's it's a strange one, isn't it? Because as I said, if you if the script hadn't been as sharp and fun in terms of the dialogue, for me, this story would have completely fell on its you know what, because the storyline really is quite weak. You know, there's a couple of Cybermen underneath the shopping centre that do nothing and they manage to capture Craig because they're investigating and, you know, love saves the day. It's a pretty rubbish storyline. But as I said, it's saved by some fantastic dialogue. And I think the chemistry between Matt Smith and James Corden yeah. You know, they, mm-hmm. they absolutely saved the episode. And, and, and as I said, the actual dialogue they get is really good. But storyline wise, yeah, it's not good. You know, the Cybermen do absolutely nothing at all. So I, I absolutely get what you mean. It feels like there is no when they turn up, there is no. Oh, yes, it's the Cybermen. There's no sort of feeling like that. If anything, you're like, oh, God, <laughs> Cybermen, aren't you? It's There's no. Yeah. They they don't bring anything to the story at all. Whereas the Cybermat kind of does, because I think because it's the first time they've used the Cybermats, I think, since, ooh, well, probably in the new series, but probably Revenge of the Cybermen, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 So, um, Bitey. So that's, yeah, I'll bitey. So that's, <laughs> that for me is a, is a nice element to the story, if you like, because I thought that brings something a bit different to it. Because, yeah, I didn't feel any sort of, um, anything at all when the Cybermen were revealed, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a good shot, you know, that very beginning of the Cyberman with a big scratch across his face. That's pretty cool, but they don't do anything or bring anything to the story. So, you know, but I do like the little Cyberman. I'll bite it. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, so yeah, good script, but not great story, which sort of is conflicting, but you know, that's just, that's just how I would describe it. Really sparkling dialogue. In a, in a pretty yeah. yeah it's a very um it's an interesting episode because it really does feature i mean the two of them as a bit of a tag team the doctor and craig mm. uh they are in it literally from start to finish aren't they they're in yeah. pretty much every scene so there's none of this the formula that they they went through with matt smith's doctor was very much a the companions get separated to do something and the doctor goes off to do something and the, they sort of converge at the end and save the day. So there's none of that with this, obviously, because there's no companions. So it's a very, um, it's a very, by the end of the episode, you absolutely think, well, this can't be the end of the doctor and Craig. This can't be the end of their mm-hmm. friendship and their story, but it is. It's like the last time, isn't it? That we ever see yeah, Craig and stuff. So it's very weird because the doctor is, it's a little bit like when Tennant, you know, um, at the end of um, the end of time part two, where Tennant goes off and says goodbye to a few people. Mm-hmm. It does have that sort of vibe about it, but you, you, yeah, you don't. You obviously feel you feel like the that Matt Smith isn't going anywhere. We we know that he's not ultimately about to die. No, you know, you don't get that vibe. Whereas when Tennant did it, you did you you knew that we were coming up very soon to his regeneration or his death, whatever you've, you got that vibe from the atmosphere and the storytelling. But with this one, although the threat is there and Matt Smith does say that he hasn't got long and he's about to die and stuff. You st- I still didn't really buy that. I always felt like, Oh, he'll be saved somehow. You know, something's going to save him, whatever. Mm. Um, so you kind of, because it's like that vibe, like the farewell tour, the goodbyes, 
in the back of my mind, I thought Craig will be back. The, 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 the chemistry is too good. And now that they're good mates and, you know, they've, they've been through this adventure together. I always felt like he would be back, but yeah, it's strange. They never revisited that, did they? It's no. And also there's definitely enough legs in, in terms of the, you know, the story. I think if we'd have had a third story with, um, the Doctor and Craig. I think that would have been good. It could have had a nice Craig trilogy. It's probably because <laughs> James Corden became a really big chat show host in America. He probably didn't have time to film another one because he, he's quite big now over in the States, he's isn't he? Very so, famous, yeah. Very famous. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But for me personally, if they'd have done another one with Craig, I think I would have quite enjoyed it because um, I like both now. If you'd have asked me before a rewatch, I would have said, uh, Lodger, I, I like hmm. not so fond of closing time. Now I'm sort of, um, yeah, still like the Lodger. Closing time, not too bad, actually. That's kind of how I feel about him, if you know what I mean. that It's it's a fun little watch, and I think there is great chemistry between those two. I get the feeling that James and Matt might be quite good friends off screen. I think so. They, they, yeah, they, yeah. They're so natural. You know, the way they bounce off each other with the dialogue seems very natural, and there does mm. seem to be a genuine friendship between the two of them. So I, I think I'd like to think they were friends off screen as well. Cause uh, yeah, they're just so good together. And I, I'd forgotten that, um, that Amy and Rory, cause of course, you know, I've, it's so long since I've really gone back to series six. I, was, I can't remember why they're not in it. I th- does the doctor just drop them off a couple of episodes before or what? Cause they, they do make a cameo in this, don't they? They do. Um, yes. So the God complex is before this. The God so complex. What, does he drop them off at the end of that? I really can't remember, but, so they make a they make a cameo and they've become famous. Now I can't remember what all that is about at all, because um, someone no. asked Amy for her autograph. But I mean, Matt sells that scene, doesn't he? He gets really emotional and you sort of dying for him to go up and say hello, but he doesn't. He just <laughs> sort of, you know, uh, hides and watches them from afar. Um, but I can't remember what's going on there at all. I mean, it didn't really distract me too much, but I was sort of thinking. What? Why? Why is Amy famous? Like, what's happened? She's like a model or something. There's uh, a poster of her, isn't there? Yeah. If you remember, I th- I'm gonna have to rack my brains a little bit here, but yeah, I, I can't think remember. it's um. If you remember, they um. Uh, it that 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 was building up a little bit over the last few episodes about the Doctor leaving them behind. Um. And if you remember, Amy and Roy have got their nice townhouse with the red convertible outside and they've yeah. got their home life sorted out. And um, uh, I just can't remember because it wasn't that long ago we watched the God's Complex. I can't remember it ending with them. I thought it just ended with them going off in the TARDIS. But I'm sure people who know will be screaming at the screaming at us now saying, well, this is what... But yeah, I just couldn't remember what all that was about because... It seemed a bit random in the episode. So in terms of watching it standalone, I think that's a bit odd, that bit. Yeah, and obviously you, you get the end bit with River as well, which kind of leads into the finale and stuff. And I mean, that was pretty good. I mean, that, again, I'd completely forgotten about that. So I'm sat there thinking, right, episode's wrapped up now. Nice, really sentimental ending. Okay, not too bad. And then we get that last sort of five-minute bit with River being put into the mm. space suit. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I've forgotten about this. This is really good stuff. So this is where you find out it was River in the space suit. And I think we'd kind of, well, I seem to remember I'd sort of guessed by then because that was the other good thing about the, the arc of this, wasn't it? It's trying to guess how the Doctor survives, who's in the spacesuit, and all that stuff. So it brought back memories of that and thinking, oh, yeah, that was quite cool back in the day trying to 
piece all this together. And Stephen was quite good at that, even if you didn't like the final answers. I think he was quite good at getting you to sort of try and second guess what he was going to do next and stuff. So That's I did like right, that, yeah. that that bit, you know, with Madam Corvarian or whatever her name is and all that stuff with River. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Madam... Corvarian, isn't it? Corvarian, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Something like that with the eye patch. So yeah, that was a cool little tag onto the episode, and uh, you know, as again, again, just brought back some good memories of watching this back in the day, sort of thing. Thinking because it was quite exciting to go from that, and then you're sort of thinking, oh, how's it going to conclude? How's the Doctor going to survive? And what's Revel? You know, so that was all pretty good stuff. Yeah, I think it was in the episode before. <laughs> wasn't wasn't that the episode where? Amy's, she's in like a room that sort of brings out her worst fears or nightmares. Oh, I've just remembered. So is that the one where her and Rory are sort of arguing in a, yeah. in a makeup room or something? Something like that, yeah. And Ah, it, yeah, yeah. It was the Minotaur prison. Yeah. Remember? And then the gotcha. only way that the Doctor can free her from it is if he kind of uh, just destroys the, the faith that she has in him. You know, so, mm. and then as a result of that, the doctor's like, well, I can't put you through all this again. So here's the keys to a lovely house. Have a lovely life. You know, I'm, I'm, of course. I'm out of it. It comes back to me now. Yeah. 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 Um, so in, in a way, I mean, that to me is like the Moffat side of it. Like when the doctor sees Amy and Rory in the shopping center and then he sees the big poster in the background of Amy, um, and what is it? It's a, it's a poster of like a perfume, perfume or, something, or something, isn't it? Yeah. And the tagline is something like, I don't know, for the girl who, who's tired of waiting. Who waited. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Very, very Moffat. Very Moffat. Really Moffat. So. And then the end scene that you mentioned as well with Madame Kavarian and the lead up into the finale of the series is, again, mm. very Moff, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. And it's actually, it worked well actually for me anyway because i you know if i think of series six i don't know about you but i sort of think oh hard work is <laughs> i don't know it's so long since i've gone back to it but i don't know when i see little moments like that i think perhaps i should go back and just watch it from start to finish because i think that's the thing with stephen moffat is he did he did very much think you know like that it's mm. i mean it, you can look at that two ways you know it did make some of his episodes really inaccessible for the casual viewer but also it, it was quite re rewarding for those viewers that just wanted to uh, go back and rewatch and, and, and then see, oh, okay, so that's why that happened. And, oh, he wrote that because. And so I don't know. I think I perhaps need to go back and reevaluate Series 6 at some point. Because yeah. just seeing those little moments like that bit at the end sort of really sucked me in. Uh, and I didn't think it would, to be honest. Mm. I've not really been that bothered about going back to Series 6. But the more we delve into it and see these little bits, I'm thinking, yeah, I might, might do that actually. Yeah. It's been a At long time since I've watched any of series six for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I think I need to watch it all mm, rather all than just, yeah. than just dipping in. Cause I'm not sure some of the episodes work particularly well. If you just watch them as a standalone, I don't know. I think I would just want to go back and watch it all, but, but mm. um, yeah, I might do that. I want to get a spare. Yeah, I think it's... 100 hours to 100 myself. Hours, yeah, <laughs> I think it's... Um, you're absolutely right. I think for the casual viewer, if this was the first time or the first episode, the first Matt Smith story you'd seen, those last few minutes, you would be in absolute... Just, <laughs> you'd be like, what the... You know, right tears, because 
it's got the silence there as well. and Yeah, which look great, actually. Yeah. I've forgotten how good they look. Yeah, and then you've mm. got this character called River Song who you, you know nothing about, Madame Kavarian, and then you've got the whole, they've wiped her memory somehow, and then it finishes with her in the astronaut, the astronaut, the astronaut suit under the under the the lake. And it looked good, didn't it? It's good. It awesome. it good. Yeah, yeah, I guess I could tell that there was a bit of money thrown at Doc Two back then, because it it did. I mean, this it seems like a budget episode as well. I think yeah. it's all filmed in that department store. I noticed the reuse of a couple of props that have been, <laughs> you know, like that thing the Cyberman's in. I think that's from the Christmas Carol, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I could be wrong. Like, it just looks like it. And so it seems quite a, a a budget saving story this one to me. But then you get moments like that but at the end. You think, all oh, right, they're definitely probably saving the money for the final. Um, but yeah, I think Series 6 had quite a bit of money on it. I mean, they went to America to film and stuff, didn't they? And mm-hmm. it looked quite lavish from what I remember. Yeah, I remember the the production quality in Series 6 had taken a hike up from Series 5. Definitely, yeah. I remember thinking that as well. I remember thinking, God, this mm. show is really getting big now and it's doing, you know, they're putting some money into it, which was great, actually. Yeah, because Series 5 looked good, don't get me wrong. It was mm. a nice looking visually. But I remember in Series 6, they were definitely going more towards that um, cinematic feel, which they definitely played on in Series 7. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just looking at this. So God Complex was the story before this, which I'm not, I mean, I like it, but I'm not a massive, uh, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag for me, God Complex, but it's quite a serious, strange episode, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So to go from that to this, it's a real change up of, um, you know, uh, the the sort of way, you know, of the stories. So definitely, this, is, yeah, yeah. this is so much more lighthearted and mm-hmm. fun and silly you know so in a way that might be a good thing as i said if i'm watching this all again in order that might be quite cool it might be the episode you needed in between the very serious god complex and the big you know finale the wedding of river song which again can't remember anything really about that (laughs) apart from well apart from the bit with the doctor but yeah so maybe we needed this sort of fun light-hearted thing in the middle just as a bit of contrast i don't know uh, no, I agree. I, th- I definitely agree because the God Complex and the Wedding of Wedding of River Song are definitely heavy episodes to watch. You know, there's a lot going on, and you kind of have to pay attention. You have to concentrate a bit more. Is is the Wedding of River on. Song the one? Because we haven't we haven't done that one, have we? No, no, not yet. Is that the one that starts with Churchill and Matt with the long hair and the beard, where it keeps going, keeps resetting and stuff? Because if it is that, I just remember that drove me mad. The episode, um, the well, the beginning of it. I just remember thinking, "God, get on with the story." Uh, I don't know if I'm thinking of the right one though. Uh, yeah, it's got, um, yeah, it's got Churchill and Charles Dickens and. Yeah, I'm sure. Of... I'm. I mean, again, I don't know if I've watched that since it, since it aired. So my opinion of it may be very different when we come to review it and rewatch it. But I remember at the time just thinking, "This is doing my head in." <laughs> like, like, the, yeah. I found, uh, yeah. I remember not being a big fan of that one, but hmm, be interesting when we come to review it. Anyway, I'd, I kind, I kind of look forward to rewatching it actually to see how this all plays out after watching mm. this one. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't remember being a big fan of it. I don't know. We'll I know see. exactly what you mean, though. Even though we haven't been the biggest fans of series six over the years, mm. watching 
this and the the final few minutes going into the Wedding of River song, it's definitely intriguing. It's definitely one it of is, those. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, I might have to set some time aside to go through series six at some point. Mm. Definitely, yeah. I will because it's one of the least watched series. I mean, I've watched series five a lot. I enjoy series five. And series seven, although it's <laughs> it's got some right clangers in there, and there are stories I like as well. But series six, I think, because it's got this big arc, pretty much all the way through, I think it always puts me off going back to it. If you know what I mean, yeah, I kind of yeah. I look yeah I look at the episodes and I think you know mm, it isn't really one I feel like putting on just to watch. If you know what I mean, I think it is one you've got to devote time to. Yes. So. Yeah. So going back to what you were saying about the the change up in the pacing and stuff, I think it's it's definitely needed because if you were to what, cause the God complex and the wedding of river song are so in almost intense to the point where you, you really have to concentrate throughout yes. the majority of those stories to, to just keep up with what's going on. This is the complete opposite. You can have this one on. And even if you miss a little bit, a bit here and there, it still it sort of goes along. It's all, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, sort of relegate it to like a background episode where you can just have it on while you're, you know, on the phone. Or it's not that bad. But what I'm saying is, it, there's no, there's no cognitive overload. If you like, it's just, it's just a dip in and out sort of story. You don't have to concentrate too much. And I think, um, it, would you agree? It's one. It it is a good one for a sort of a casual viewer. Like if if you sort of mum or something was to come in while you're watching it, so you could probably watch this and find it quite fun and be like. Oh, this you know, it, it's quite a watchable episode for anyone that's you know, you don't need any great knowledge of Doctor Who. They'd probably most casual viewers it'll be like, Oh, I'm the Cybermen, they'd know what they were. Um it you know what I mean? Whereas compare that to the God complex. Imagine your mum or aunt coming and sitting next year when you've got that on, they'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Doctor Who's very complicated, isn't it? You know, but this one they could sit and watch it. They've got all the banter between Craig and the Doctor and the baby stuff, and it is quite fun. Uh, it I is, think yeah. so. So yeah. it is probably needed. It may, you know, this is. You're right. It's quite a serious, um, quite a serious, serious, serious six, isn't it? So, has yeah. this one got the one where Amy's? See, I'm getting so muddled in my timeline as well. Is serious six the one where Amy's baby turns to to slime? <laughs> is um, that? Oh, is that a series seven? I'm so confused. No, that's series seven, isn't it? So that was the rev. Uh, no, that was. Um, Good Man Goes to War, I think. I think so, yes. Which is Series 7, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because so, yeah, Mad- I'm thinking Madam Whatever Her Name Is is in part of that as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so actually, the, yeah, so that that follows on into the next series as well. So she's still kicking around making appearances then. Madam What's Her Name? Kavarian, yeah. Kavarian, yeah. 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 Uh, See, I definitely need, I've got my whole time, this is the thing <laughs> with Moffat, I've got my t- whole timeline so muddled when I try and piece together what was going on with like Amy and Rory and especially River Song, her timeline, man, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I couldn't even begin to to tell you. But but I like the fact though, even though I even though I couldn't explain River Song to you if you were to to say right go now, <laughs> I love the fact that there'll be fans out there that could. There'll be fans out there that will have watched all of this over and over again, you know, series six, seven, they would, could tell you exactly how River fits into that story and this mm-hmm. story and, you know, Amy's story and everything. And, you know, so there, there definitely is um, an audience for that type of thing. And there I quite is. like yeah. that. I just don't have the, you know, just have the brain or, or, <laughs> um, or uh, what's the word, to, to, to sort of 
do it. But 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 I like it. You know what I mean? I I don't think it's a bad thing that some of the stories were you had to concentrate. But I I just think it's nice when we get a story like this that anybody could sit and watch. No, I agree. Yeah, I think um, definitely need to put some time aside to do like a a proper Matt Smith like series five to seven rewatch because series five's not too bad. I, I like series five. It's pretty good actually, but what, yeah. series six and seven are there's definitely a lot of weight that you have to carry to go through those. Well, if you'd have asked me before we started reviewing them which which series, if I had to pick one to watch series six or seven, I would have gone seven. I think mm-hmm. because because of all the story arc stuff, I just always just sidelined series six. But the more we, <laughs> the more we go back and visit revisit series six episodes the more i'm sort of thinking yeah i can't remember what this is about but i'm really intrigued by it so i don't know maybe yeah maybe my opinion would change and again the more we watch series seven episodes the more they don't stand up to being as good or even half as good as i remember like journey to the center of the tardis example i didn't think it was great on transmission but when we reviewed it it really wasn't that good at all actually you know so I'd yeah, be really interested to know, actually, if they were to ask Stephen Moffat now, if he was to reflect back on his time or two, I wonder which series he likes the best or which series he mm. he's most proud of, you know, because I wonder if series six is when he really got into his flow and, and just sort of let and did exactly what he wanted to do. So series five, he introduces the new doctor and he does, you know, does that. And then series six, I kind of feel like he went out and just did the heavy story arc and really did what he wanted to do. And then I feel like people criticize it saying, Oh, you're losing viewers because people can't understand it. And it's too, too, you know, complicated. So then series seven, he goes back to more standalone stories and maybe he kind of had to, you know, uh, be a bit more, uh, you know, had to sort of do a bit more what he thought people wanted rather than what he wanted to do. So I just would be, I'd love to know, you know, and then obviously we get the Capaldi stuff and all that. I'd love to know which series he really felt, you know, he got got it right and he did what he wanted to do and which series he felt like he was pushed into doing what the viewer wanted more. And yeah, I hope he does a book. I know he said he won't. I'd love it if he did a, a writer's tale book like um, Russell. But I know he was asked that at an interview that I went to, BFI, I think. He said, no, no, I'm not, not going to do that, no. Yeah, I remember somebody asking. Yeah, I think you were with, with yeah. me, weren't you? Yeah, he said, he, and we were like, oh, no. It, was, it may have been you that asked. I can't remember. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's not going to do one, which is a shame because I'd love to know some of the stuff that was going on. I find him very interesting as a showrunner. Uh, no, it is a shame. It's definitely, um, yeah, I'm really struggling to think what his answer would be as well because he, um, I know that he's at those kind of events and stuff and Q and A's. He's very frank and he's quite direct. That's what I love about him. But yeah. I think. Uh, I don't know. I think he, he would struggle himself to, I don't know. I, for some reason, I get the feeling that the later part of his tenure as showrunner would be his least favorite because it mm. feels like he was under a lot of pressure then to to deliver something because the ratings were sort of slowly going down and down and, and that sort and of also thing. And also, he, so, he, and if memory serves you right, he kind of wanted to leave after series nine, didn't he? Wasn't that's it? right. Wasn't yeah. there a whole thing yeah. that... They, he was persuaded to stay on for series 10, which makes you think like it was a series he kind of had to do rather than wanted to do. But actually, I really like series 10. Um, I've got a feeling he may have been asked this question. And I think he I think he answered series five. 
I think. But that may well have changed. Do you know what I mean? He, he might be looking back now thinking, actually, do you know what? Blah, blah, blah. Hmm. don't know. Because, um, you know, time changes your opinion of things. As as we know, reviewing these episodes, some stories I've thought were dreadful, I've grown to really like. And, and vice versa. Some stories I thought were great, I've watched again and thought, oh gosh, that wasn't that good, actually. You know, so maybe his opinion's changed of his time on the show as well. I'd love to know. I hope Probably. he does some more. Yeah. yeah, we need to get him back at a... We need to get him back at the BFI with a bottle of red <laughs> and just get some, because like you said, he's always very honest on stage. It's one of the things I love about Steven is he, he will tell you what yeah. exactly what he's thinking and he's not afraid to say otherwise. Get no. him and Capaldi on stage. That'd be amazing. Cause again, Capaldi's like that, isn't he? He'll just say what he, he thinks. He will. Yeah. Those two are great together. Actually, Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we whisk through some, some characters then, um, you mentioned earlier about the Cybermen. Ugh. So let's not beat around the bush. This is a supposed Cyberman story. So we have to talk about them a little bit. But as I mentioned at the beginning, I, I just feel like they were there just to enable something else in the story. The focus wasn't on them being threatening or taking over the world or anything. It seemed like they were defeated really Easily and just unbelievably easy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if even the bits where I mean, in terms of performances, if we think back to one of the tenant stories, what was the Cybermen story where Age of Steel Jackie got captured along with someone else? And is it Age of Steel? It was, wasn't it? There I was, can't remember the other part's name, Age of Steel, and uh, I gotta have to Google it. That one, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a bit where even when the Cybermen were kind of marching towards you and and, and doing that stuff, people were petrified. Was it Army of Ghosts? That's it. Was it Army of Ghosts and Age of Steel? Is that right? I think so, yeah. yeah. So even the bit bits where the Cybermen were just... Oh, a... no, sorry, Rise of the Cybermen. Oh, Rise. Hang on, is it? Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, let me Google it. Let me go... What was the one you just Google. said? Uh, Army of Ghosts. Was that wrong, though? Oh, that sounded right to me. Gosh... Losing the plot today. Army of Ghosts. Yes, because that was the one where the Cybermen were kind of coming back <laughs> through. Then people thought they were seeing ghosts. I and... can hear listeners screaming. at the... <laughs> Yeah, series so... two, Army of Ghosts. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then it was followed up with um, Doomsday. Doomsday. Yes. But you were on about the other two part. Were, were you on about that one? Uh, I think, it, no, it was this one because... Uh, this one with yeah. Tennant. Yeah. Yeah, so... It, I remember a, a, quite a few scenes from this one and then the next one where any, even any mention like of the Cybermen and Tennant's reaction was really fearful and like, oh, you know, this is really bad. Mm. And the scenes where the Cybermen, you saw them marching and stuff, people were just genuinely scared. Um, but for some reason in this one, even when the Doctor's been sort of held there by the Cybermen and they can see Craig being put in the conversion thing and he's going to become the new cyber leader, which is also strange. Um, I just didn't get the threat, you know, the threat level just wasn't like code red like it was in the other ones. It was just like a mediocre, you know, don't worry, it's all going to be fine, you know, just don't worry. And then the whole thing with Craig hearing, hearing his babies cry and that, you know, prompted his, you know, the the, the power of love to 
to yeah. break free of the Cybermen's mind control and stuff. Um, I just didn't really buy into that whole Cybermen plan thing. I don't know about you, but... No, not at all. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, yeah, the fact that Cybermen have got like a little TV, you know, monitor watching everything, <laughs> thank good. And they just happen to be on the baby screaming. And yeah, no, just the whole love defeating them. And it did just seem to... In fact, I wasn't even sure what happened at first. Their heads just start blowing off. And I'm like, what? What's, what's going on? Hmm. Um, I totally get the fact that hearing the baby might have stopped Craig being transformed somehow. Yeah. Okay. I can just about get into that, but mm. yeah, the the rest of it, I'm not sure, but I, I absolutely hate the new series side. Man, mate. I, honestly, they really annoy me in this episode. The way, I mean, and they're only in it for like two minutes, but the, the way they stomp in, they, they look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just give me the classic eighties side man any day. And also another thing, <laughs> I hate the voice. I know it's Nick Briggs, but that's stupid. Oh, there's nothing. I don't like the design. I hate the way they stomp and I hate their voices. So, yeah, I actually did really, for me, they're the sort of worst thing in this story, really. I don't even know why they're in it. (laughs) Well, I know why they're in it, to have a monster in there, but I just don't like them. Uh, When when they stomp in the room, I don't know why it irritates me so much, but it does. I'm just like, oh, just... How on yeah, earth would they yeah. creep up on anybody? Mm. And it's ridiculous. It's it's bad, really. And this this is the problem, which is what I went back to earlier with Series 11, is that over the course of the year since 2005, when you have these stories that are just filler and just don't... It, it, all it does is dilute the, the threat of what these monsters actually used to be. Mm. You know, they used to be really fearful and... and, and and their their plans were a lot grander and and all that stuff. Whereas, yeah, these guys. I mean, the thing I didn't get is they'd obviously created some kind of uh, portal or some kind of magic door that was at the back of one of the changing rooms. Yeah, that led down into the crashed ship from like centuries ago. I think the doctor said. So why didn't they just march up the path they created and go into the shopping center and? Grab a load of people. There you go. There's another fifty Cybermen. Yeah, fifty humans that you can convert into Cybermen and, and start building your army and all that stuff. Why were they just chilling out for centuries down what in there? What they doing down there in the in the <laughs> ship? And I think the only cool thing about this episode was the Cybermat because they had changed I the design like the a little bit, and yeah. because you could see like these, um, like actual teeth of an animal. It, 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 the, it wasn't just like this little mechanical thing that they had made. You could see mm. that it, this was some kind of creature at, at one point in time, and it had been converted into a little cyber map. That's what uh, I, that's what I got anyway. The vibe I got. Yeah, I do like the cyber map because again, they haven't really. If you look at the ones in Tomb of the Cybermen, because I was at first I was thinking, oh, the teeth are a bit much, but then now I'm thinking actually no, because in Tomb of the Cybermen they had teeth, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually do. For me, the cyber map works quite well. I quite like him. It's reasonably scary because it really goes for your neck and stuff. So I have no problem with the Cybermat. I just, like you, feel no threat from the Cybermat. I don't know what they were doing down in that cave for all this time. They've managed to get six Cybermen, I think he says, or something. Um, Or there's six Cybermen down there. I don't know what they're doing, having cups of cyber tea. Hmm. But also the the mirror, when the Doctor finds the the shoot down to the, you know, the dugout tunnel down to the spaceship... This, he op- just opens the mirror up. I was thinking, well, I can't, like, how easy is that? You know what I mean? Like, it would have been loads of people going, oh, what's, 
What's down here? Yeah. yeah, what's down here? And so why have that lift, which transports people? Into, I don't know. Yeah, that bit doesn't hold together in terms of the way. Mm, it's a bit flaky. The, yeah. It's a bit flaky, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think overall, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to some scores in a second, but I think overall for me, I think I'm really torn because... In, in one respect, it's a great episode for character stuff that, like I said, the chemistry between the Doctor and Craig is really good and it's a funny, lighthearted, and there's loads mm. of lovely little scenes, like the, the interactions with Doctor and Alfie as well, the little baby, and, and you know, it's he prefers to be called Stormageddon, the Dark Lord of all, and yeah. Craig is like, is this real? I can't tell, and, you know, just the whole relationship they have, it's all really cool and it's a great sort of buddy flick kind of episode if you like yeah um, but then the other part of it is like it's just bloody ridiculous you know the cybermen mm. are next to useless that they've been dormant down there where they could have been ruling the world by now and mm. you know it's the non-threatening and i don't know so i know it is a mixed bag definitely a mixed bag this one mm. yeah and it does feel filler i think because the cybermen are so weak in it i think that's what makes the episode feel filler because yeah. it by, by the end of it, it wraps up so quickly the heads blow off the, the spaceship blows up it's it's just over in seconds and i mm. think that makes it feel very filler yeah. which is a shame because like i said the actual dialogue in in the script is is really fun yeah that's um, the other thing i'm torn on mm. as well because sandwiched in between two very heavy emotionally and heavy episodes it's kind of needed in a way we need a yeah, bit of comic relief you know i think so i don't know it's yeah yeah it's a strange one for sure let's let's rattle through a couple of quick characters and so what yeah. did you think to uh val linda linda baron who worked in the shop very good friends with oh i like her i thought yeah, yeah. she's i recognize her as well she's and she's been oh, in stuff, loads she's, stuff over yeah. the years isn't she I, as soon as i saw i'm sure she's in torchwood i'm sure she pops up in torchwood got a feeling she turns into a, a zombie or something oh, I'm, yeah, i definitely she... recognize her um but uh, yeah I, I really like her i love the fact that she mistakes them for a couple as well and all that stuff and that again that humor works pretty well i think you know yeah she was in um she was in an episode of doctor who uh hartnell's era was she yeah as a young as a youngin. which she, one she was one of the backing singers i think in the gunfighters my word yeah didn't know that back in 66 Okay, she's done loads. Open all hours. Oh yeah, that's it. Open all hours. That's it. Couldn't think because she was in that for years, wasn't she? Yeah. Last of summer wine. Yeah. The bill. The bill. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yes. Take that for dinner, ladies. Coronation Street. Casualty. Stenders. She's done loads. Loads and loads, mate. Yeah, but yeah. I thought she was good. A nice, nice character, and she fitted in really well in in that department store yeah. theme and stuff. And yeah, yeah. and it was um, it was kind of also uh, plugging home the issue that you know it's completely fine to be gay, two guys being a couple with a baby and stuff, and because sometimes especially when television as you go rewind through the years there's a bit of stigma around gay couples and stuff and normally the older generation are the ones that are a little bit sort of set in their ways and like you know mm. sort of not as quick on not as quick to accept that kind of thing if you go back a few years it's normally the older people but she's like complete she loves it she thinks it's all cute and two, yeah two guys together and you know so i, I really like her character how she was you know, the interactions between the Doctor and Craig and 
Mm. Actually, it's funny you say that because yeah, I did as well. I like I loved her character, but you're saying about sort of going back in TV and stuff. I mean, this is only what year is this? 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah. So eight years. Because um, there is a scene where Matt's in the women's underwear department, and she's like, "You're a pervert. You're disgusting." I was thinking, actually, probably wouldn't do that now because it would be seen as being sort of um, I don't know, wrong, wouldn't it? To sort of call you know because you know it's very very it's more accepted now that guys like to can wear women's clothes and stuff and mm-hmm. what's the word i'm looking for uh i'm not transphobic that's something different but you know what i mean so i was thinking uh, there might be people that might turn a sort of uh you know an eye up to that saying well that's no oh, that's a bit wrong because even i thought it does seem a bit the security guard's going to throw him out and that seemed a little oh, right, and right, perhaps perhaps yeah. they would do that differently now sort of thing <laughs> You know, especially as I know Gareth Roberts gets himself into a lot of trouble on, on Twitter, Twitter with yeah. some of his views and these things. And I thought, yeah, I don't think they would. Have, I don't know. I just don't think they would have done that now where the security guards like calling him a pervert mm. and stuff. Yeah. There's also a scene between the doctor and Craig, isn't there? When they're, when they're about to be in the teleport scene and he, he doesn't want Craig to turn around and see. Oh yeah. They are. And he's like, I'm going to kiss you. And yeah. And he's actually falling for it a little bit, isn't he? He's like, I, I did find that really funny, he's actually. He's into it, yeah. He's like, actually, like, yeah. are you? <laughs> and then he sort of gets swept away with it, doesn't he? He's like, yeah, actually, yeah. it wouldn't be too bad, a little peck from the, from the, the doctor. doctor. Yeah. So he's I, like, no, yeah. no, no, I see what you're doing. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was a, great, a lovely little scene, actually. Yeah. There is a there is a scene I loved. I'm going to come to it when we get to the actor, though. Uh, what do you think to the little cameo from Rory and Amy, then? So obviously a, a speechless uh, cameo. Yeah, not many lines from Rory. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, or Amy. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see him pop up just to remind us they're still around. I, I, I do. I, I'm more like you know. I mean, nothing wrong with their performance or any in it for seconds. But I just like the Doctor's reaction. The way he's like, you can see that Matt's dying to go over and yeah, I was going to say yeah. But he, he holds his holds it back, doesn't he? Yeah, it's more his reaction that's the good mm. bit about that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, what do you think to um the the two people that work in the shop then other than Val? So we had the young girl who works in the Yeah, I thought they're the okay. Girl. They're a little yeah. bit a uh, bit part acting, weren't they? They're a bit <laughs> they weren't that convincing. I, I mean again it's a light hearted episode, so it doesn't really bother me at all, but I wouldn't say they were the best of actors. But they weren't bad. They were all right. They weren't bad. No. Not too bad. Uh, okay, what do you think to Craig's wife then? She's only in it for a little bit at the beginning and the end. But Sophie? Yeah, she's really mm. cool. Um, and it must just be something about James Corden. He just sort of kind of, I don't know, he he just seems to have really good chemistry with the other actors that, yeah. that, he, that he's with. But yeah, there's lovely little scenes between him and his missus at the beginning and the end. Yeah, she's cool. And she's I've seen her pop up in loads of things as well because she's got quite a distinctive look. Yeah, uh, yeah. Daisy Haggard. Haggard? Haggard, yeah. Haggard. Yeah, not Haggard. So terrible. Um, but yeah, no, she's she's cool. And I, I don't know why I'd got it in my head that it was a different girlfriend in this episode. I don't know why I thought that because it is the same girl from The Lodger, isn't it? It's the same person, same character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe I was getting confused because they're in a different house in this one. And I remembered something was different. Um, and that is a, a lovely, because that, that line of, oh, you've redecorated, I don't like it, it has <laughs> been used a couple of times now in Doctor Who. But for me, it really works well in this one. I love it when Matt's Doctor's on the doorstep. He's like, oh, you've redecorated. Well, I don't like it. <laughs> I think he, he delivers it really well, actually. 
Um, but yeah, it was nice to see a pop up. I'm really glad they got the same actress back to do mm. the same part. It just adds to the continuity. It's nice to see that her and Craig are still together, if you like, and they've got the baby. So for me, it does work as a nice sequel. It, it, you know, just getting all those little continuities back and stuff. Yeah, there is um, there yeah. is some extra content with those guys with um, with Sophie and and Craig um, as part of the um, series six that went out when they released it as the box set and so on. All right. Uh, there was um, there was like a collection of little mini episodes under the title Night and the Doctor. Oh, right. And the their one was called Up All Night, and it's just it's not very long, but it's it's a nice little because um, they did these prequels now and then, didn't they? That went out just online yeah. and stuff. So it was yeah. in the same sort of vein. It's not very long. It's only a little a little thing, but um, yeah, that's part of the series six box set. Oh, cool! It's worth a little watch. Yeah, but she's she's very cool though. I like her. Yeah, I liked her. I thought she was a good little, good little character. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon to River Song? Only in it for a very short amount of time, as, as always. But she is, and yeah, she's only in it for good. It's a good scene. It's a great scene of her being put in the spacesuit. But um, and I do like Alex Kingston, but I'm not sure she was. It's, it seems <laughs> like she'd literally just arrived to say, "I don't know that her performance was as as good as I've seen her in other." episodes i know she's only in that short scene but she's sort of looking <laughs> scared and what's going on and uh, i don't know i was thinking i think she probably could have done with having another take really mm. but i'm not saying she's bad but do you know what i mean it did seem a little bit like yeah yeah she's if a... i'd have been the director i'd have been like yeah um can we just have a little bit <laughs> more fear alex a little bit more you know but you're going to be put in the space so a bit more scared because she just looks a little bit like oh well, what <laughs> yeah i don't know she didn't sell it to me as well as i think she could have Outrageous. But yeah. but still good, but I don't know. Just, yeah, not as good as I know she can be. Mm. But she's only in it for minutes, so I should, I'm probably being a bit harsh saying that, but yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And then Frances Barber, Madame Kavari, and I love the yes. way she really sort of scornfully calls her Melody Pond. And yes. Very good character. Yeah, I think she's pretty good, actually. Well, yeah. 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 Okay, what about James Gordon then as Craig? I think he's great, actually. I really, I think he plays the character really well mm. um i i've really warmed to him as i uh, really warmed to craig I, I think he gives a really nice performance and i i said here, earlier on that the you know the chemistry between him and matt is bang on mm-hmm. um I, I yeah i i really do like the character if he had come back for another one i would have been pleased to see him um and i think he delivers the humor really well as well as all the other stuff. I think he, he's actually quite a good little actor, James Corden. I, I think a lot mm. of people write him off and say, oh, I can't stand him and he's arrogant. No, I, I actually, I personally, I disagree. I really like him. I think he played Craig really well. Um, I did meet him a couple of years, well, a long time ago, actually. He was in a play, um, probably eight or nine years ago. And I've got to say, I can only speak from how I find, and he was absolutely delightful when I met him. Mm. I met him at the stage door, I had a picture with him and the picture didn't come out very good because of the flash. And I, I sort of thought, oh no, do I dare ask him for another? I don't want to bother him because he was getting quite a lot of attention. And I did. And he was, he was, oh, of course, dude, come on. And he was just lovely. So uh, I don't know, maybe Hollywood's changed him. I don't know. <laughs> but he was, all I can say is he's very nice and I met him. And I, I do think he's a good little actor and I, I think he plays Craig really well. So no complaints at all. In fact, I, I think he really holds this, episode together actually him and matt in terms of their performance absolutely yeah i know yeah. I, I agree with you he is a, he is a good actor in these um and what's what's interesting is that with the lodger in my opinion that was a much darker 
scarier story. I still prefer the lodger. Yep. Yeah. Um, but even though that was a that was a, a completely different tone, that mm. story um, compared to this one, which is a lot more lighthearted, he's still the same. He's still very consistent as the character. If that makes yeah. sense, you can tell that there's been a a natural progression with his character because he's now a dad and he he feels like he's got more responsibility now and so on. But the essence of his character is still there, regardless of which episode you watch. So, yeah, that yeah. is a really nice progression. You're right. Yeah, with the, the whole father thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, absolutely sells that really well. Yes, and Mr. Smith, the Doctor. I, I think he's great in this. Actually, um, I, I didn't. I couldn't help a feeling. Matt looked a little pale and thin in this. I don't know if it's just because I, I don't know. He just, when he turns up at the door, I thought, God, he looks white. He's a ghost. Mm. Um, I don't know. He just looked, and he's wearing that big long coat that just makes him look so thin. But I, I think Matt's great in this. It, again, the the humour that he has to deliver, all the stuff of his doctor working in a shop just absolutely suits him down to the ground. Um I know <laughs> some people will say, and I will agree, because, you know, people tell us off for moaning about the, 13th doctor waving a sonic i know we mention it a lot so i will just mention that matt's doctor does <laughs> overuse the sonic i mean that's just i you know he does i'm what? not going to say otherwise i even though i love his doctor even i get a bit annoyed that he uses that blimmin sonic all the time <laughs> um but it but yeah i think he's great in this and the scene i absolutely love and he does use the sonic in it which is why i mention it but i think the scene when he's talking to the baby in his room and he he says oh there's something about the stars and he's and he uses the sonic to make the stars turn into like you know a, a night sky what a a beautiful scene lovely i, yeah. I mean uh, yeah. and matt is so good at delivering that sort of stuff so i i think he's brilliant in it. and as i said he just bounces so well off cordon those two together mm-hmm. they're, they're just a great team really really watchable really fun yes no yeah. i agree i think um uh, what you said about him looking really pale and thin. I, I thought he looked tired as well because... He just, yeah, I don't know. He just looked a bit gone, I thought, in this one. I don't yeah. know. Well, remember, this is towards the end of the production block now for Series um, 6. So yeah. as we know, um, the role of the Doctor is really demanding on any actor. You remember when Peter Capaldi used to come up to the end of his oh, production block? He yeah, had, yeah. He looked like he hadn't slept in a month. We probably hadn't. Yeah, he actually said as much, didn't he? He's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So, so I think it's a grueling schedule. Exactly, yeah. So I think for any lead, anyone that's playing the Doctor will know that when you get to the end of the series, you probably are so knackered. That's, that's why I, I think, I, I didn't really notice he looked pale and thin, but I, I more noticed that he just looked really tired mm. to me. Well, I, yeah. I'm just looking, according to Wikipedia, which of course never lies, so we'll, we'll take it as truth. <laughs> <laughs> but according to Wikipedia, it says that um, they had to film this obviously at night in the store, whatever store they used. And it said sometimes the film went on, went on to six in the morning, as did filming at the house. Hmm. So it sounds like they were filming, um, I mean, all through the night till six in the morning. So no wonder he looked blimmin' tired, if that's true. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought his performance absolutely delivered it brilliantly. But hmm. I did think he looked, yeah, I did think he looked a bit washed out, bless him. I, you could sort of tell the the filming might have been taking its toll on him at the time, yeah. No, just just yeah. thinking about how he looked when I met him at the LFCC, just so healthy. And he'd put, he's put on, you know, when I say put on a bit of weight, he's filled out a bit in a good way. He looks a lot healthier now, I think. He's quite, he's very young back then, isn't he? He's very skinny and 
How old was he when he was a doctor? He's really young. I think he's, he was young, very young still. You yeah, know, yeah. He's, he's been to the gym a yeah. bit since, and he sort of filled mm. himself out a bit, and he, he looks very healthy now. But uh, yeah, I just thought he looked, yeah, just, yeah, I could tell he's young and thin and needs a good meal. <laughs> you know, if I was his <laughs> mum, I'd be sort of saying, get some greens down, yeah, build yourself up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, but every, t- every time I go, we have to go back and watch a Matt Smith episode for review. Yeah. I think I just fall in love with his doctor a little oh, tiny bit more every brilliant. time because yeah, he's just yeah, I, I don't know, it's just something about how he puts his lines across and I don't know, he's just got a natural quirkiness about him as well that helps and he's just yeah. And, you you yeah. mentioned the scene at the end when he cleans the house up. It's so delightful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And the way he just delivers all that those lines, he's the more I watch him, the more he's, I think he's my favorite new, new series doctor. If you want to say, you know, I count it all as one, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Since the show come back, I, I always struggle to put the doctors in order, but my word, Matt is up there. I, I adore him as the doctor. He's amazing. He yeah. Really I, is, I really yeah. do think he is. I get quite def- a bit like people do with 13, you know, when people are defending 13 and, and uh, as someone who's not a fan of her yet, <clears throat> I just can't see it. And I want to see it. And like, you know, these people love 13 and, Oh, I wish I could see what they see in her sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I get the same when Matt critici- people are criticizing Matt. Like I got a friend who ranks him as one of the worst doctors and I'm like screaming in my head thinking, how, how can you say that? He's amazing. You know, just watch him. <laughs> he's, he's so good. And so, I, I mean, I just feel like that about him. I feel quite sort of defensive in a way. Cause I do think he's brilliant. You know, I think he, he's got, to me, he's got the charm of Troughton. I know people compare him probably too much to Troughton's doctor, but He's got this sort of quirkiness about him, which absolutely, to me, is the Doctor. And to me, Matt just really uh, really tunes into that quirky side of the Doctor, which I love. So, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I could go on for hours. I, I just think he's brilliant as a Doctor. No, I completely agree, mate. He's yeah. a brilliant Doctor. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we slap a score on this one? No, I don't think so, mate. I think we've pretty much covered it. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at my list. I haven't got anything yet. Uh, you to go first, I believe. Rightio. Uh, it is quite a difficult one for me to score, I'll be honest with you, um, because I am torn. As I said right at the start of the review, I am really torn, actually, between the fact it's not a great story, but it, it is a great script in terms of the dialogue. It is mm-hmm. fun to watch. I kind of wish you were going first. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to give it a 7 out of 10. I might be going slightly high there. I'm sort of between 6.5 and 7. Um, but I'm going to go for a seven. I do think it's a fun watch. Seven, okay. But it could have easily been an eight if they'd have just sorted the side men out a bit. I think. <laughs> I don't know. What are you going for? I don't know. Seven, yeah, seven for me. What are you going for? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm exactly the same. I was very are you? torn. Yeah. Oh, right. um, in that, I, I, there's some of it that I absolutely love. It's mainly the characters. It's, it's the Doctor mm-hmm. and Craig that I love, and some of that lovely stuff. But at the same, on the other side of the coin, it's just very. It's just a completely. I wouldn't say it's a forgettable episode, but it does. I don't know. That's it what, does have that filler feeling. I it know does, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my initial thought was I was going to give this a, a six point five. Mm. That was my initial thought, and I'm going to stick to my guns. All right. I'm going to stick to my guns on that one and give it a six point five. And it's really those bloody Cybermen that yeah. have brought the score down. To be honest with you. Um, I, I, I really get the feeling that Craig could have had some real big tear-ups with the Cybermen throughout the story, mm. and the, the threat level could have been a lot higher. But, you know, there we are. 
No, I, I'm kind of glad you went 6.5 because that, I'll be honest with you, that is what I originally wrote down. When the episode ended, I wrote 6.5. And it's just, I don't know, to me, I just think, oh, I don't know. I did, I did enjoy watching it. So that's why I've gone up to seven. So I'm, I reckon we're about right. Between the two of us, I think we're about right. There. I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, what did our lovely listeners think? We had a whole batch of audio reviews in Hooray! this week. Which is awesome. Thank you so That's much, guys. Great. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to kick off with our regular reviewer from Dan Anna. This is Sammy Satine. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, closing time. Well, I like the part where the doctor works in the shop selling toys to kids. Also, when he talks to Alfie about the stars and his interactions with Val. I like Val. I also like the Doctor's coat. It's a nice, long, green coat. I like the design of the Cyber Mat, too. I just don't know how I feel about this episode. It's not terrible. There are far, far worse episodes than this. <coughs> Hell bent. <coughs> <laughs> but there are also much, 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 much better ones. Um, I give it... Six Cybermats out of ten, I think. See ya. A six from Sammy. Six from Sammy, yes. You need to get uh, some cough medicine, Sammy. I think so, yes. Some cough mixture. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we've got a couple of, uh, of first-time audio reviewers, Ooh. so let's kick off with Luke Malloy. Hello, Gary and Adam. It's Luke here. Uh, I may be a new speaker, but I've been listening to your podcast, new and old, in work, every day for the last couple of months, and I'm enjoying them so much. I thought, right, got to get involved. Um, anyway, to close in time, it's a good but forgettable little nugget of an episode. Uh, I love the side mat sequence with Smith in his brilliant green coat leaping through the glass and whacking it with the pan and all that. Uh, but it says a lot about the Cybermen that their Cybermats, their pet, is much scarier and effective than them. Uh, I like that moment where the Doctor sees Amy and Rory and Smith plays that heartbreak to perfection. God, I love Matt Smith. That last scene with the kids Corrin and the Doctor in his hat, I absolutely love. I think it's a great lead into the Wedding the River song. It's just a shame that that story is a bit of a mess. Uh, the rest of the episode is just stuffed with hooey candy floss. But hey, who doesn't like candy floss? It's a six out of ten for me. A six? A six and we agree about the Cybermats, yes. Yeah, thanks Luke, that's awesome. Absolutely, yes. Uh, next reviewer, I can't remember if this is a first time or not, so... Welcome, if it's the first time. If not, welcome back, if you've done it before. But this is Callum Shepley. Closing time is probably the best Matt Smith story. Uh, the interactions between the Doctor, Craig, and Stormageddon are great. I think they have a great relationship. kind of makes me wish Craig could become a companion full-time. The Cybermen are okay in this. They are very, very unthreatening to me, I think. It's nice to see the return of the Cybermats, though. I would love to see them more again. I, I love the Cybermats as, as just a concept, really. And, uh, yeah, I I think I've got to give this a 6 out of 10. Bye. A 6? A 6 there, yeah, cool. Common score so far. Thank you very much, Callum. Uh, this is a recently uh, jumped on the audio review train reviewer. This is Matt Steele. Oh, Hi, Gary, here, Matt. Matt Steele here again. I uh, hope you guys well. Had a good week. So this is my review of Closing Time. I love this episode. Yeah, I think Matt Smith is excellent, as always. Uh, James Corden, really good. I think they bounce off each other and work well together in this episode. Um, Lillian Barron, well acted, and uh, I think she's in Come Outside, show 
from my childhood. I think that was that was nice to see. Um, there's a lot of humour in this episode with stuff like people talk to you with a baby. That's why I usually take a human with me. And it's not rat. It's a Cyberman. Uh, the speech the Doctor gave to Alfie I thought was heartwarming and funny at the same time. My criticisms would be, I think the Sonic seemed overused, and uh, the CGI that came with it was really bad. Uh, the Cybermen were unthreatening yet again. Uh, the most threatening part was when uh, the Cyberman nearly ate James Corden. And uh, a very quick ending from the Moffat again, but I suppose it is Series 6, so what can you do? But I do love this episode. I'm <laughs> going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, have a good week. I'll see you again. 8.5. Cheers, Matt. Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. He liked it. That's good. I, uh, yeah, I, we agree about the Sonic a little uh, bit too much, but yes. that's just Matt's ear is full of that. Mm. Indeedy. Yes. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, returning with you, this is Martin Arnold. Closing time. Let's be having you. Oi, oi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, you know, I quite like this episode, actually. I didn't like The Lodger that much. I thought it was, you know, kind of silly. But this one actually really works. I think you have to watch it in the context of the whole season, um, which may or may not appeal to some people because season six is kind of weird. But I actually quite like it. It sits nicely in the schedule um, just before the uh, the big finale. Um, and it's quite, it's quite a nice little story. There's some very nice scenes of the Doctor when he's away from Amy and Rory and he's sort of... I don't know, he's just sort of naive and, and just being kind of charming and, and his sort of relationship with, with Craig is quite endearing. I think it's done very well. I think this story, of course, is sold by Matt Smith. I'm not a huge James Corden fan, but, he, you know, he does his thing quite well. Um, it's, it's just a nice, fun episode. So I, I give this a 7 out of 10. Cheers. 7. What? Oi, oi. <laughs> Cheers, mine. Cheers. Thank you very much. And in the last one, this is uh, another new, uh, a newbie to the audio re- reviews. Uh, this is Kieran Egan. When I first watched this episode on broadcast, I remember really disliking it and not really having a desire to go back to it. But thanks to the podcast, I've had a chance to go back and I actually really enjoyed it. The chemistry between Smith and Corden is actually quite great. And I wish there was more of Corden in the series as a whole. Because I actually think I would have preferred him as more of a long-term companion than Clara or Nardol. That's probably because I don't really like them too much. Uh, I really like Stormageddon in there because I think it's interesting the way the Doctor can stop him crying. Kind of reminds me that he's had his own children and grandchildren in the past, so we must have had plenty of experience with this. I think the Cybermen were wasted a bit. I think they were kind of just put in as an afterthought, which is a shame. Uh, Linda Barron being in there was so great. Reminded me of my childhood. Uh, because she was in Come Outside. She was like the ethereal grandmother I never really had, so it was nice to see her. Uh, as a whole, I'm actually happy I went back to this episode. I've really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to going back to more, thanks to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to listening to the pod. Nice one, Kieran. I love it when that happens. Mm. I absolutely love it when, you know, and speaking for myself, so when you think an episode, oh, like I wasn't particularly excited about rewatching this, to be honest, but I'm, I'm really glad we do this because I enjoyed it a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had the same experience. Yes. Um, it, and, the, and the shushing thing's so cool, isn't it? And the doctor's like, I forgot to say that in the review when hmm. he's like telling the baby, shh, and then he does it to the shop assistant at the end and he does it to, to um, James Corden. It's, it's, yeah, it's really nice. It is, yeah. And that's one of the things that I love as well about um, our podcast if we've inspired somebody to go and re-watch stuff or watch stuff they haven't seen before that's yeah mission accomplished yeah definitely respect. yeah very cool mm-hmm. thank you very much guys for sending in your audio clips absolutely love playing your your clips on the show and hearing your your voices and stuff very very cool thank you mm-hmm. uh, we're going to run through a couple of these other social ones over on twitter 
Uh, Jack um, Hoovenier says, um, I love this return of Craig. Amy and Rory make a cameo, but I'm happy that the Doctor is the main focus. Uh, it's a solid Cyberman story. Jack. Ooh. Jack. Uh, and gives us a great <laughs> sequel to The Lodger. It gives it an 8 out of 10. 8? Okay. Yes. Cool. Uh, Rob Kelly. Uh, this is a fun adventure in a rather unfun series that recaptures the magic of its predecessor, The Lodger, but also stands alone as a great story. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil Brighter Moon. One of my... F- one of mine and my family's favourites. It's just yeah. an incredibly fun episode, a good story with something for everyone to enjoy. My kids love it. Uh, the Craig-Doctor relationship is a highlight in Smith's era for me. Uh, gives it an 8 out of 10. Lewis Blackmore. Uh, a really solid sequel to The Lodger and one that I thoroughly enjoy. Although the Cybermen aren't really the focus in this one, they're also great. Love the Doctor and Craig's relationship. 7 out of 10. Mm. Nathan, Silent Nerd, C137. Uh, this story is severely underrated. It's great to see Craig back, and I love him for the and I love for him to return at some point in the future. Uh, the two standout scenes for me are when the Doctor is talking to Alfie about the stars, and when he's telling yeah. Craig that he's going to die. Sad face. Nine out of ten. Mm. Mm. Uh, one of our writers, Jordan Shortman, says it's all right. Never been a favourite, but certainly not the worst in Series Six had to offer. I like Craig and the Cybermen always great. Matt Smith does a nice performance, but the highlight is the return of the Cybermat. Uh, otherwise, it's okay. Nothing special, just okay. Mm. Mm. Uh, Blair Donnelly says, I really enjoyed the episode, The Lodger. So when we got another Dr. Craig episode, I was thrilled. Chemistry is great. Really enjoyed the comedy and seeing the Cybermats again was nostalgic. Seven out of ten would have been an eight had the Doctor had called upon a soccer rematch. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, Genesis of Andrazani says... Uh, by far the worst Cyberman story of New Who. No. Uh, I really like The Lodger, but Closing Time just doesn't work as well as that one did. The comedy is sometimes all right, but often very cringeworthy. James Corden beating the Cybermen with the power of love is a cardinal sin. A four out of ten. Yeah, I must agree about the, the defeating bit, but yeah. Oh dear. Uh, the Who Society says, I really dislike the way they use the Cybermen a laughing stock. And defeating them with love? Nope. Uh, mm. Corden and Matt work brilliantly once again. Some really enjoyable moments, but the episode is a bit messy. Although I have to admit, I love the cliffhanger at the end of 5.5. Mm. Uh, Sarah, the running Hoovian, says, This episode has everything. I love the humour between the Doctor and Craig, but also the poignant and reflective moments. Uh, buzzing lights and missing people alongside Cybermen and Cybermat made for a creepy story, and the leap through the glass door put me in mind of the third Doctor. Uh, and she gives it an 8.5. Oh, cool. Nice one, sir. And uh, Sir Jake B says, a bit filler, uh, basically the lodger, but with Cybermen, and the Cybermen are pointless. So 5 out of 10. Oh, dear. That's it for Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Over on Facebook, uh, Lawrence Baxter says, nice jaunty episode. I wouldn't necessarily say lighthearted because there are a few dark bits, but it feels like we're heading towards a serious finale. It does. Uh, I like the Matt Smith JC chemistry and relationship, and the story is good. I found the Amy walk on a bit odd because it gives the impression we and the Doctor haven't seen her for ages, where it was only the week before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Otherwise, a solid seven out of ten. Seven. Lou Gallagher, nice light-hearted and comedic moments throughout. And Smith and Corden have undeniable chemistry, but I wouldn't. But I would have rather this be more of a character piece than shoving the Cybermen in. They're the most underwhelming they've been in New Who here. 
Mm. Uh, the resolution is just too easy. Goes on to give it a 6 out of 10. Luke East. I quite like this one. Lots of humorous bits with the occasional hint of powerful emotion. All in all, pretty solid story. Not to mention the Doc's awesome coat and the return of the Cybermats. Brilliant. Yes. Uh, Kieran Egan. Uh, sorry, he's just asking about where to send his audio clip in. You've already done that. Thank you very much, Kieran. Charlie Turner, a pretty decent episode, but whose idea was it to make the Cybermen defeated by love? Seriously, mm. who thought that was a good idea? Gareth Roberts, probably. Nice to see Craig again, <laughs> even if he was unneeded. And the actress, can't remember the name, sorry, who played Auntie Mabel on Come Outside back in the day, acting as a different character, is likeable pretty much in every way. Nice return to the Cybermats too. Closing time gets a solid 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Pete Adamson says closing time is an interesting story whilst the setup is good I feel the resolution is lacking I didn't watch this on original broadcast because I was sick of the arc of series 6 oh. but looking back this is a nice breather in the series James Corden is great and I wish they'd done the proposed third story with him in series 7 oh was there a proposed oh right wonder what that was, was then yeah. no I didn't know uh, yeah. overall gives it a 7 out of 10 and Zach Jenkin Short and sweet, says, pretty decent episode. I can't stand James Corden, though. That oh. does give it an 8 out of 10. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome stuff. Thank you, thank you so much, guys, for sending in your audio clips and your reviews on Twitter and Facebook really well. It gives us a really good picture mm-hmm. of how fandom's looking at these episodes and stuff. So very, very cool indeed. Um, next week, buddy. It's SJA. What have we got? Yay. Yay. Sarah Jane next week. So the temptation of Sarah Jane Smith next week. Hmm. Mm. Now, does this lead on? Was she looking at a photograph of her dad or something in the last one? Yes. So, it, this, so this seems to pick up from there, I'm guessing. It does, I think. Yes. Yeah. Was it her dad? I can't remember. But yes, I'm looking forward to a bit more SJA. Yeah, it was a photograph of her parents that she took out at the, the end of the last one. Uh, the mark right, of the yeah. berserker. Yes. So that's going to be good to get your DVDs watched for that because we'll be asking for your reviews and stuff as always. Mm. And I think we'll close there for 226. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to episode 226. It's been awesome having you as always. Next week, it's the Sarah Jane Adventures, The Temptation of Sarah Jane Smith. Get that DVD watched. We'll be asking for your thoughts on that as always. In the meantime, head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our shows on there. Plus, you can link off to the various podcast networks where you can subscribe to the show. So when it lands on a Friday morning, it's already there and you can, you're can you rocking and rolling, ready to go. The biggest one being iTunes. And if you are an iTunes user, if you could spare a minute for a review, that would be amazing because that helps us lots and lots and lots. There's also buttons there to link off to the various social networks, uh, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Give us a like and a follow on there as we chat plenty of Doctor Who during the week. Also check out my co-host's channel on YouTube, The Geek's, the Geeks Handbag. Handbag. <laughs> plenty of awesome videos over there just go to YouTube do a search for the Geek's Handbag give him a sub watch a bunch of his videos and drop likes and whatnot over there some really cool stuff if you're into your unboxings your reviews on the spot reviews location visits competitions the whole lot Adam's got everything over there go and check him out and also the social networks Adam's on all of those under the same name the Geek's Handbag 
So give them a like and we can all have a chat. We've got a great community around Adam's channel and the podcast. Loads of cool people. Yeah. It's all good. Indeed. Until next time for episode 227. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember. Yeah. Yeah.